Taylor just said one. one. All right. Okay. Guys. We'll try to jump a bunch in there. Okay. Actor extraordinaire, Keegan-Michael <laughs> Key, here at the IMC Center. You, of course, uh, would you possibly guest star on Warrior? And I think you would be an awesome I, addition. I would love to. I would In any capacity, I would love to. In any capacity, <laughs> I would do Warrior. <laughs> I got to go. Awesome. Thanks Keegan, so much. I awesome. appreciate Thanks it. So the Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for the We'll be continuing with our South by Southwest interviews, uh, presenting um, an actress that you might know from Firefly and Serenity, uh, Gina Torres, um, in a pre-recorded interview. Uh, she was the host of a documentary called Under My Skin, which uh, focused on three subjects dealing with um, eczema and um, their daily struggles with it. And... Uh, um, we talked to Gina. I even get to talk to her about the possibility of a Serenity or Firefly um, sequel. And uh, uh, you got you to gotta stay tuned and listen in. So that's really cool. And, of course, also um, another great pre-recorded interview at South by Southwest with actor Steve Yee, who uh, had a selected pilot, uh, The Guide to Not Completely Dying Alone. And uh, – uh, it was a great interview that we got in the press room of South by Southwest at the convention center. So those great interviews will be um, played for you guys tonight. But nonetheless, we have a tremendous show from top to bottom as we do each and every week here on BTB. Uh, joining me on time, and I'm going to give the other two a little heat for being tardy, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> she's an actress. She is a NASA um, enthusiast. Uh, and uh, she's also a recurring host on That Was Disappointing, uh, our great friends over at TWD, including Art Hall, Joe Lex, Ben Cheyenne, Kenny Hopkins. Nonetheless, we welcome Kelly Christopher back on BTB. Hello. It's good to be back. Thank you. Yes. Hey. Again, Kelly, you you're, you were so good on the previous shows we had. You had so much great knowledge of things, you know. And uh, oh no, I set the bar too high. <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> you set the bar freaking high, so high. And um, we, we were so happy to have you back. Uh, we do want to do an eventual TWD BTB crossover. Uh, so hopefully that will happen soon as well but kelly awesome. um i think it's been a little while since we had you on btb i wanted to uh 
yeah. maybe get some updates on what you've been up to um, acting wise. I know uh, that you had a film with our buddy Art Hall uh, called yes. Weekend, which uh, just uh, had a screening uh, in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, we were in two film festivals, and one of them, uh, we won, it was the Glendale International Film Festival, and we won Best Picture for Gap Weekend. So very, very excited about that. It's always nice to have somebody think what you did is good. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when it comes to indie film, obviously, because, you know, yeah, the bar is set pretty high for for good indie films. You kind of... In order to stand out, you have to have a quality production, and when it gets mm-hmm. recognized, it's a big deal, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, we did that, and then um, uh, shot another film in February, actually also with Art and a few other uh, repeat offenders as well. So can't really <laughs> talk about that yet because we're still um, sort of tail end of production, but okay. uh, that's going to be a, it's gonna be a pretty, pretty big heavy lift type of film. So really excited to see how the finished product is going to look. Um, hoping maybe later this year, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so just kind of getting the ball rolling for 2023 and acting. That is amazing. Of course, I did see uh, Gap Weekend. Uh, you have a very uh, pivotal but very important role towards the end of the movie. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, this next project with the same team, uh, you do have an expanded, a bigger role, right? Mm-hmm. And nice. uh, since we since we use a lot, and I shouldn't say we. <laughs> I'm a I'm a innocent bystander, but uh, it tends to be the same, you know, actors, you know, in different projects. Um, yeah. And sometimes a director likes to have characters with similar names. So we were joking that the character that the characters that Art and I play in Gap Weekend, it would be funny if in this film it was sort of a continuation of what happened at the end of Gap Weekend because Ooh. of how our characters are in this film that we're currently shooting right now. So it's funny because a lot of these things were like, Ooh, this could, so it all almost was like, he's shot, the director shot so many films with the same actors that it could be this, you know, giant, you know, how like Marvel's got all these films and all the characters are interwoven. So mm-hmm. not that he's planning it like that, but we were joking at one of the production meetings that that's kind of how it seems sometimes. <laughs> Wow, that that that's tremendous. Well, I can't wait yeah. till everyone can see Gap Weekend. It, it's a tremendous film. Shout out to Todd, the director and writer. He did a tremendous job. And um, I guess when we can uh, promote it, when it would be available for all the viewing viewing audience, we will uh, talk about it. Yep. But uh, yep. in the meantime, Kelly's all about NASA and space, and uh, I know they're doing another um another manned um. Uh, trip to the moon or around the moon yes so yesterday uh as a solar system ambassador i do public Mm -hmm. outreach for nasa and the jet propulsion laboratory in pasadena um yesterday nasa just announced the four crew members who are going to be on the next artemis mission which is artemis 2 and it launches fingers crossed hopefully next november of 2024 and it'll be the first manned trip around the moon in the new orion spacecraft with the sls rocket launching off of earth so uh very very exciting to have a crew actually going back to the moon now this isn't the one where they're going to touch down it's just to still test to make sure everything is running smoothly with the orion spacecraft so having people in it this time is a it ups the stakes okay so they won't land on the moon no that won't happen until artemis 3 which is probably gonna we're shooting for 2025 we as as if i'm in charge of nasa i mean you you (laughs) can put on the space suit kelly right (laughs) 
Oh, in a heartbeat. I would. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's kind of one of the big things that's happening right now at NASA. But you know, they have a ton of stuff going on. They have an open house coming up at JPL this month, at the end of this month. So uh, that's always fun to let the public in and see things that are being worked on that eventually will travel to space. Fantastic. And I think yep. just entering the virtual panel is the adorable one, Allie Dash. Allie, are you with us? I am. I was having trouble connecting there. Can <laughs> but you you're hear here. me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you great. Awesome. Allie, good to have you back on BTB. Glad to be back. It's been so long. It has been it's a been while. Too long. We actually missed you um, on the last Barcada DMV film production. But hopefully we can get the return of your character, Ronnie, uh, on a future film, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly Barcada DMV is a group of Filipino actors and artists and filmmakers that collaborate um, collaborate together on film projects. Oh, that's cool. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Now that we got those plugs out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about some entertainment stuff. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's right. That's Marilyn's own Benji and Joel. Good Charlotte with Hollywood News. <laughs> All right. So I, I've never, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons a couple times. And uh, I know um, our good buddy Art Hall, Kelly, is a is a is a D and D guy. I don't not sure if you are, but Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. played in the past. Mm -hmm. I, oh, yeah, I, it was a very 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 beginner group, which is exactly what I wanted. None of us knew what we were doing except for yeah. the 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 DM, and so she was very good about. It was slow. It was a, probably a year long campaign, but oh, we had a great time. It was great. We were in five different time That's zones, awesome. so it was kind of crazy always scheduling us together, but it was great. Awesome. That's cool. I'm actually doing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with um, my husband and our two kids. Oh. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, my well. um. Yeah, my older one, um, she does a Dungeons and Dragons group at school and like um she's super creative, so she's the dungeon master and has like come up with like this really cool storyline and I had never played before. Um and my son's like super excited about it and so it's been fun so far. Sweet. Well, I think it's, it, it was popularized again by maybe Stranger Things, maybe got it back yeah. on the map. I don't know. Maybe maybe it has. But now it's the biggest movie in America, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, um, earned $38.5 million from opening weekend. Um, so it's based on the role-playing game, and uh, it's, does, it's doing great critics-wise. 91% uh, critics and 94% audience. Uh, last checked on Rotten Tomatoes, um, A- minus on Cinema Score. Um, so uh, both audiences and fans agree that this Dungeons & Dragons movie is um, a must-see, and I am definitely going to try to see it at some point um, this week or next week for sure. Um, and, of course, last week's uh, number one movie, John Wick Chapter 4, is in second place with $28.2 million. And um, Scream 6, the third film, with $5.3 million. And then in fourth and fifth is Creed three and his only son. Um, so those movies are in the top five, but I'm looking forward to another particular film 
dropping this weekend. It was uh, a game of my youth. <laughs> I've lived and wasted so many hours <laughs> of time playing this game. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, um, that does come out this weekend. That's right. That's and of awesome. Course, yeah, it comes out this weekend. And of course, there was a live action in 1993 that many say that <laughs> wasn't a great adaptation. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, they're going the animated route, and uh, you might have heard that opening promo. Uh, one of the voice actors is Keegan Michael Key. Um, in addition, um, Chris Pratt and Anya Taylor Joy. Um, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. it seems like the um, the reviews um, are, are pretty good. Pretty good. The Hollywood Reporter says it won't win any awards but it builds a reasonable framework for the 90 minutes of nonstop mayhem. So it provides an origin story from Mario played by Chris Pratt and his younger brother, Luigi, who is Charlie day. Um, and they're first seen as Brooklyn plumbers starting their own business. And, uh, so it's cool. So that you get that origin story. Um, and, um, it looks, it looks super cool. It looks very colorful, looks like a the animation looks fantastic from what i can tell in the trailer so uh, i'll definitely definitely be checking that one out either of you uh, were into this the mario brothers uh as a kid yeah i played it mm. a yeah. little bit i play it probably more now with my kids mm. um than mm. i did when i was little i was like super into um like sega and sonic when i was a kid exactly mm. yeah did you like the sonic films I haven't seen them. I need to see them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like kid movies, yeah. Well, they say that that's one of the better video game adaptations, but still number one for me is The Last of Us. That's the number one mm. video game adaptation to live action that I've seen. It's phenomenal. But let's see how Super Mario Brothers fares. Um, yeah. But I'm um, looking forward to that one. But um, there's other great movies coming out. Um and um well looks like we have somebody uh, to introduce but it looks like he's still in the process of joining us um they just announced um the john wick spin-off speaking of uh, john wick that we mentioned was in the top five the number two movie in america it's the spin-off called ballerina and this past uh <laughs> april fool's day I, I did a little joke that i was on set in Monaco crazy or something like that and having uh, Anna de Armas kick my ass on set and every year I do that for fun because you know it's also manifesting I guess but it was just my way of you know to put something out there um and of course I don't lead anybody on I put hashtag April 1st hashtag mm-hmm. fool's day whatever um but you know it's funny because I have some friends that tell me, you know what, it wouldn't surprise me if you were really on set with, you know. I was like, oh, that's cool because I have worked on yeah. some productions, you know, some some of the big productions over the years. So, uh, but uh, did did yeah. either of you do anything for April Fools? Did you pull any pranks? No, I never. Like Not, I'm always no. like I'd like to, but I never have any like good ideas or anything like that. <laughs> okay. I, I played one on my mom many years ago. Um, Uh, It was raining here in Los Angeles and I was on my way to work um, and I uh, hydroplaned and totaled my car. And so, you know, I I was fine. The car protected me. I walked away without a scratch. Um, And so later that afternoon, I had to call her and I said, hey, mom, you know, I got some bad news. You know, I I wrecked my car today. It's totaled. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And 
it didn't dawn on me that it was actually April 1st. And in the middle of the phone call, I, I thought to myself, oh, pretend it's a joke, right? So I said, mom, I'm just kidding, April Fool's, because I used to play little things when I was a kid, right? And my parents, you know, bought into oh. it. And so she's like, Kelly, I can't play. And then I went, no, actually, I'm serious. <laughs> I actually did tell my card. <laughs> Oh, too bad it wasn't a joke for real. I'm sure we all I was like, that. if of anything I can take out of this, I can play a mega joke on my mom that right. I told in my car. I was like, I'm going to do it. It's like a good thing it happened out of that day, I guess. So I wonder if this, a Sith Lord does any April, Pool, April Fool's pranks. <laughs> and let's go ahead and introduce him. He is six foot eight, and you can't teach that. He's also the Sith Lord, Darth Paul Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I've done a couple on sets on like a, when I was on uh, Veep, and uh, I didn't do anything on House of Cards. It just didn't seem like the right people to do stuff with. But I mean, I, I pulled a couple on some uh, people I was working with on Veep before. Okay, but it w- do you have a favorite nice. April Fool's joke? Not really. I can't think of anything offhand, to be honest with you. I mean, okay. You just I mean, in high school, in we did some crazy stuff. I mean, we actually flipped the car over, but I mean, I don't know if you can count that or not. Flip the car, Jesus. It was a <laughs> it was a small car. It, it was an easy car to flip. It was like, oh my god! But you probably damaged the it? car. No, we didn't damage the car. It was just uh, one of the football team, one of my members of the football team. It did not damage the car. Flipping the car over did not damage the car. No, so. it was a it was a beat up. Uh, it was just a small like Yugo type of thing, and uh, <laughs> you can't you can't, you can't oh do god. any damage to those things. I mean, they, they're already damaged when you get them. <laughs> wow. So so uh, every day is a, uh, is an April Fool's uh, prank for you there, Sith Lord, right? You are a Sith Lord. You're on the dark <laughs> side, so it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But, you know, I was just telling before you joined, uh, Big Paul, that my uh, April Fool's prank that I like to do is just say I'm on so- set of, with some major A-list celebrity. And this <laughs> particular one was about Ballerina, which is the upcoming John Wick sequel. And the artist okay. said that she just kicked my ass on set. Oh, and damn. It got some wow reactions. <laughs> you I know what sucks about that? During the first John Wick, I was asked to do it, and I was like, what's John Wick? I don't. I thought it sounded stupid, so I didn't do it, and it turned out to be a big oh, no. thing. And you didn't even know how... What, no, what, I mean, it's coming in New York. They asked me to come up and do it. I was like, eh, I don't... I think I'll pass. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, but, I mean, it was before it was anything. I mean, it was a low-budget film when it first started, so nobody expected it to take okay. off the way it did. And it certainly took off, but this spinoff uh, with Anna de Armas uh, has been set to be open theatrically on June 7th, oh, 2024. Cool. And it's on post-production. Uh, Angelica Houston, Lance Reddick, Keanu Reeves will be oh, making cool. an appearance. So that should be really, really cool. Are they going to um, do one with the hotel itself? Because I think that would be a good spinoff. Uh, they're doing a TV show called The Sentinel. Oh, are they? Or, oh, or cool. Continental, sorry. The Sentinel, oh, the Continental, that's, that's right, Matrix. yeah. Continental, yeah, they're Kelly. actually supposed to be doing a TV series. There you go. See, look at that knowledge. That knowledge is coming <laughs> through. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, another epic director uh, has a film coming on. That's Ridley Scott, and this is the. I'll opinion. be working with him tomorrow. It wouldn't be in the. Well, actually, this morning, technically, I mean, I <laughs> this morning. Oh my god! And you just let me know that that you got to be on set early. So yeah, I mean, I, I just have to leave. I mean, I have to get up at we'll, three a.m. in the morning. We'll, so that's like we'll, I, I'm oh fine. Goodness. I can handle. What? Okay, we'll we'll see what we can work out. Um, <laughs> but uh, November of this year, um, this Napoleon film will drop first in theaters and then on Apple TV. And as you know, it's Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so it's not going to be Napoleon Dynamite, right? It's not Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it's Napoleon based on 
yes, the French military leader, and uh, it's a personal look at Napoleon's origins and his ruthless. Well, wait a second. Game. It stars Joaquin Phoenix. Isn't he a little tall for Napoleon? It shouldn't be like That's Tom Cruise. That's what I thought. It should be a little person. No, not that. It should be like Tom Cruise. Person. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah. That's a good point. I I I thought that jo- Joaquin had a little bit of height on him. Yeah. Camera yeah, because he's kind of tall. Yeah, and uh, Vanessa Kirby will be playing his true love, Josephine. So there you go. Um, well, good cast. Uh, yeah, so look forward to that one. All right, another trailer I'm really excited about. As everyone knows in the show, I'm a huge Margot Robbie fan. You know, I oh, love the Barbie. 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 I, it, I saw it this morning. Oh, trailer. I watched it five times. Wow, you watched it five times, Kelly? <laughs> I did. You're actually wearing pink, so I think you're in the Barbie uh, <laughs> Barbie mode right now. Pink headphones, exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought of you, Al, when I watched the Barbie trailer this morning. Yeah, what did you guys think? I'm excited. I yeah. love it looks that, like a like, fun have, ride. Yes, and I love that we have absolutely no idea what's going on. And we don't like, other than there's multiple Barbies and multiple cats. Yeah, because so many times like right. the trailer always gives everything away. Um oh, yeah. so I'm loving and I love that like Barbie is so popular and like there's like so much hype that it doesn't even matter that nobody really knows what the hell's happening. Right. <laughs> I know, it's just bizarre. I mean, they're in just this, this this magical Barbie world. Everything's like neon colored, pink and Neon yellow and green. Are they gonna play a Barbie song from the nineties? I mean, I could see that being like the theme song yeah, from, the movie. from Aqua. What was the name of the band? No, yeah. Yeah, I heard that they yes. weren't. Unless that things have changed, I heard that they, the 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 band either didn't want to give the rights or didn't give. How the could rights you not do that? That's like the perfect song for that movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a huge movie with Margot Robbie. Like. I know. I know. I, know. I could totally bring that band back. Damn yeah. It. Yeah. So well. <laughs> I know. It, I was disappointed about that. I have that like on my playlist. It looks amazing. So as you know, they have multiple the Barbies. Um, they have Issa Rae as President Barbie, yeah. Kate McKinnon as Gymnast Barbie, Dua Lipa as Mermaid Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Emma Mackey as Physicist Barbie, Rita Aryu as Journalist Barbie, and and quite a few more. I don't recognize the other names. And then with the Ken character, there's quite a few. I mean, Simi Liu, who is Shang-Chi, is going to be one version of Ken. But as you know, Ryan Gosling is um, the main Ken. Right, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and as you know, the, the toy line has, you know, diversified over the years, you know, and, yep. and uh, uh, has uh, different versions. Uh, 50, in fact, there's 15 variations of Ken now with three different body types, oh. skin tones hair color and different hairstyles um i think scott the, evans is also a ken in it as well too oh is he okay he's mm-hmm. one of them um yeah. the cootie oh, the new doctor from the new doctor, doctor who, who. Mm-hmm. the cootie got and kingsley Benadier are all gonna be um are all gonna be the uh yeah they, they can uh is it gonna character. be like evil king kens and the evil bar there's gotta be a, there's gotta be an antagonist <laughs> right yeah i think it's simu leo's character it's simu leo's character just okay. the way it's sh- like that's sh- shown in the trailer yeah they were talking about having a He's sort of at odds with the ryan gosling ken i just love the fact that they're all barbie and ken name i mean they're all like this is ken that's also ken just that comedy bit alone how yeah. they're gonna mm-hmm. handle it through the f- <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, mean, just, I think for a summer movie, I think you're just going to go in 
you, you know, you're not expecting like this giant Oscar performance, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. You're just well, see, that's what you need. You need, ride you need movies it. like that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I agree. Fun. Fun, fun with your movies. friends. Fun with mm-hmm. your family. That's it. That is exactly not it. Not movies yeah. with messages that they ever do. That, that. Sometimes they do. <laughs> you were a little controversial last topic. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes there is hidden messages. But uh, a big film with Robert Rodriguez, who's a phenomenal director. He's got an action thriller called Hypnotic with Ben Affleck. Um, and that dropped at South by Southwest. But there will be a... Um, um, there will be a theater um, release for that, and the trailer looked. Um, the trailer gave audiences a look on how Ben Affleck's frantic search for his missing daughter. Um, actually, so, you know what? Did you see the? Has anybody been watching the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donut commercials? They're actually pretty good. Yeah, I saw that during. No, Super I haven't Bowl. seen them. Yeah, see, maybe, maybe they should they make that part too. of the storyline and be looking for his missing coffee or something. missing french crawler (laughs) yeah i just saw the latest one where the workers talk to him and they're like fawning all over him and he's trying to order something and they think he's matt damon (laughs) and he's like that's matt (laughs) you're amazing he's like no he wasn't (laughs) yeah those are fun commercials but uh let's go into marvel so a new trailer for spider-man across the spider-verse just that's gonna be good this is yeah. This is the second uh, film, um, the animated I'm so sequel. So excited! It it looks amazing. Of course, Miles Morales uh, voice. Are all of them coming Shemique back? Or it... Yep, Shamik Moore will be back as Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld will be back as Gwen Stacy. Um, now they they have to stop a mysterious new villain who happens to be planning a disaster that could disrupt each universe. And there's so many different iterations of Spider-Man in this trailer, like literally so many. Um, when you see the trailer, are they going to bring in like Spider-Man Noir and like run it with the TV I show? I would imagine. Gonna... I would imagine all those characters will be coming back. Because I think some of them like tie into shows and movies and stuff, right? Or now, or is it completely yeah. separate universe? I don't know. Is is Noir getting his own show? I wasn't He's getting his own show. That's why I was kind of wondering okay. if they're going like. Have... Oh, interesting. I mean, it's going to be live. A- it's going to be live action, and not anime, but. Yeah. Um. Well, let's see. There's, there's a new. Um. So I have some new cast members. Oscar Isaac, as Spider-Man 2099. Okay. Uh, the Jake worst of Spider-Man. Yep. And uh, Jake Johnson will return as Peter B. Parker from the first movie. Okay. Issa Rae as Spider Woman. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya as Spider Punk. Uh, Jason Schwartzman as The Spot, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Luna, Lauren Velez, and uh, more will be lending their voices. So they didn't announce those particular characters. But that looks really cool. And uh, speaking of Marvel, a 30-second TV spot for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which looks... Oh, that's speaking of the Spider-Man movie before you uh, switch over. Yeah. Why wasn't Spider-Man... Why why wasn't uh, Peter B. Parker actually, like... It would have made so much more sense in the last Spider-Man movie was actually like the first Spider-Man. You know, you know what I mean? The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Because I mean, they kind of have the same age. It would have been like so cool to kind of like tie them in together. Like he could have had a breakup with his uh, girlfriend. Wait, and... wait, are you saying Tobey Maguire would do the voiceover instead of? Jeff no, no, Jackson? I'm just saying. No, I'm saying would have been cool if in the last Spider-Man movie, if it turns out like Peter oh, you B. Parker, the live-action movie, uh, the no, live-action no. movie, and had tie them into each other. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, think about it. He would be the right age. I mean, he could have been down on his luck. I mean, he could have been, like, the guy who, like... And they were coming is, up with the different names for the different different Spider-Man. So he could have been Peter A. Parker, Peter B. Parker. C. would have worked perfect. 
Well, there were rumors that they were going to do another live action Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. I haven't heard anything about uh, um, Maguire, but I'm sure Maguire will be down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we want to see adult. after the success of No Way Home. Especially Mm -hmm. No Way Home. And people want to see adult Spider-Man. We've we've done the young Spider-Man already, you know? There's a lot of story to tell with the adult Spider-Man. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, um, the TV trailer, the TV spot for the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three just dropped, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was uh, Peter Quill, um, Chris, Chris Pratt with uh, with um, Nakamura, um, the other one, <laughs> Nebula. Nebula, thank Nebula. you, Karen Gillan, <laughs> and uh, they're kind of who's Gamora? Uh, yeah, they're struggling. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're struggling with some kind of. Uh, 70s vehicle or something like that. It's pretty. Oh, it funny. is Gamora, right? Or is it Nebula? But who's Nebula? Nebula is the blue one. Yeah. Okay. That's the blue one. Gamora is. Yeah. Oh, Gamora is. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, played and by Zoe Saldana. It's a new version of Gamora. Yeah. Who's so Gamora? um, this is a James Gunn's uh, Marvel swan song. As you know, he's going on to DC um, as the um, co-CEO of uh, DCU with Peter Safran and. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we're going to sadly see some deaths, I think. That's what I, that's I'm so pro- worried about. I'm, that's my the prediction. Way, oh, yeah. The way they're making it sound like they're like, it's the last, the I last know. time they're all together. I'm like, oh, no. I, I almost stopped my eyes out. I was tearing uh-huh. up watching the trailer. I was like, oh, my God. I know. And Batista already publicly mentioned that he has no interest in uh, playing drags no. again. But none of the other characters said that they didn't want to you know, portray them again. So... You know, if it's tra- if but, Drax, but, but the then one- again, it's a comic book, so I mean, you kill him and then bring him back, kind of like Root. So it's like that's the thing, you know. It's you can say never say never when when someone dies in the comic book uh, world. There's always a way. I mean, to look at Loki; he's dead and he's back now. So it's like yeah. it's a multiple. And even a, Gamora, Gamora died and she's back. It's so. a, yeah, it's a different timeline, Loki. Different, different timeline, yeah. Gamora. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what makes uh, work. But they had some where's really. A, where's a different timeline? Uh, Black Widow. Yes, oh, we want Scar and Iron Man. We want Scar Joe back. We Actually, want you know Scar Junior back. You know what I would do with Black Widow though? I would go back in time because remember her mom was a Black Widow too, the blonde. Just go with some other actress and have oh, it like okay. take place in the sixties and fifties, and that would be more intriguing. You know, Chris um, Evans said that he feels that Steve Rogers has more story to tell, but but he did not say um he he was going to return in the upcoming um civil war movie sorry the upcoming captain america movie which is going to be shooting in dc big paul just so you know um but um he said he's not opposed to telling more of the story so basically saying not right now but yeah. he won't say no in the future so maybe a possibility well, see, the thing is with him he has to get in shape and he just doesn't like doing that apparently it's like i mean i don't i mean <laughs> some people really? you don't yeah, I mean, you don't just don't, like, like, you don't realize, you don't have you ever had shape? a six pack out? I've had a six pack. I mean, to do that, it's a lot of dieting. You have to watch what you eat. Have you seen and, it? And then you have to, yes, yeah, in pretty good shape. Not a, not, 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 not like that. Not with the muscle tone. He's, he might be okay. skinny, but he's not, he's not, he doesn't have the muscle mass. He doesn't to, have the muscle tone. Okay. I got you. No. So he, he's just like, he's kind of like, um, do you know how like Thor is or Chris uh, Hemsworth is kind of? When he's not Thor, he's kind of real skinny and kind of he's kind of like that. I think for some. So you reason, have to eat the right things. You have to work out I a think, certain amount of time. It's not I, easy, and you get headaches all the time when you do that. So it's not healthy either. Hemsworth kind of maintained his swole. I don't know. Uh, he's lost a little bit yeah. from here. 
Okay. He, I mean, he, he's still like, I mean, he's still ripped, but he's just not right. Jack. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Three um, soundtrack just dropped, and there's some great artists like Radiohead, Heart, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Flaming Lips, Faith No More, and the Beastie Boys, to name a few. Alice Cooper, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Florence and the Machine, um, and um, very, very shortly, uh, our classic cut will be one of these songs uh, from the uh, Guardians Volume Three soundtrack. So, is it Faith No More? Because I saw them in concert. That, they were down in that would be dope yeah i already had something else prepared something that we haven't played before here all right um all right um josh freeman who worked on avatar way of the water um is going to be writing the fantastic four movies so um as you know they have a director uh matt shackman as long who, as it's not josh trank josh trank, not josh trank never touch a marvel movie again trank movie sank <laughs> or tanked really uh so matt uh he's the director behind wando vision which is one of the in my opinion one of the the better oh, um Marvel i, I don't know the, first, the early episodes so of wando vision were like eh. the later episodes were good but the early episodes i, I think you, you weren't a fan of like, the comedy so and the, yeah you oh, like, I loved it was it. unique I, but it was just kind of weird because it's just like you, kinda, you like oh, more I of the action okay and it was such yeah. a homage to like shows that I grew up watching and things like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, like I love so Lucy. You, like, and... Yeah. It was so yeah. different, Paul, and it was a refreshing. That's why I know you yes. have hate for She-Hulk, but She-Hulk is different because it's a She-Hulk. Comedy. I really hate. I know you didn't oh, like I it. But I enjoyed it. That one. I enjoyed that one it. That looks fun. I watched. Yeah. Um. Did you get a chance to watch Miss Marvel yet? That's the one I haven't watched yet. <laughs> oh, that one was so good. I loved it. But if it ties into the Marvels, which I, th- I believe it does, then yeah, I, I think it will. I'll have to watch it before. It also that. is introducing, um, what's it called? Like all the X-Men it, characters. Yeah, she's a mutant. So I think yeah, she the was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another big movie. Let's switch to DC is Blue Beetle. Yeah, like DC wow. better than Marvel right now. What? Did you see that trailer for Blue Beetle? It was amazing. It looked pretty good, yeah. Really good. And, of course, it's Cobra Kai's Chola Maladuena. And um, the director shares my name, uh, Angel Manuel Soto. Woo! <laughs> He's not related, sadly. That, He's got one team. Oh, that too. sucks, because if you were related, you could be like, hey, can I get a cameo? <laughs> I actually worked on uh, with uh, Angel on uh, Charm City Kings that they shot in Baltimore. That's cool. So I got some uh, standing work in there. But, um, yes, this is the Latino superhero um the effects looked amazing the suit looked really really cool i mean is it gonna take over from the like i mean the original story was like he took over for the guy from the 50s and it was kind of like a different type of well i don't know if they're gonna go that route because basically it's saying that he encounters the alien scarab okay. and must come to terms so he gets ahead so he doesn't take it from the other guy i don't think he that. takes it from the other person then he found okay. you know he has to come to terms with his newfound abilities and then um yeah, yeah, and then from there just has to deal, you know, as a as a high school kid, kind of balance uh, the Blue Beetle powers and, so, and he's more or less like the DC Spider Man, more or less. It, it is very similar to Spider Man, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I uh, kind of like his character on Teen Titans. He was pretty good on Teen Titans. Okay, I stand corrected. He's I actually Teen recent... Titans go because I don't like Teen Titans go, but Teen he's Titans a recent college graduate. He's not a high school student. Yeah. So uh, okay. That, yeah, that that's something that. Well, he's doing. still young. I mean, that's still still young. Yeah. Still young. Still very this, young. This drops um theatrically on August 18th. And is uh, that the first? Is that the first James Gunn? So uh, this universe? is we're not sure of. Um, but James Gunn officially uh, his DCU officially starts next year. So we got Blue Beetle, The Flash, and Aquaman two. 
the last three okay. films in the slate for DCEU. And so Flash is probably going to reset stuff, right? Flash will reset stuff, but I think it's really a matter of how well they do in the box office, whether it's going to return or not. So Shazam was somewhat of success, but it didn't it wasn't a it didn't dominate. You want, I, I kind of like Shazam. Did you watch it? I, I thought it was pretty it. good. I, I haven't watched this, yet. I loved the first one, but I haven't watched the second one yeah, yet. Yeah, if you like the first one, you'll you like the second one better. I finally got like, more action it. Than and uh, yeah, I loved it. And uh, we talked about it last week on BTB. And I really hope cool. that they get the third film to pay off the, the end credits, which we talked about yeah. last week. But well, uh, I think the problem is with it. I mean, I, The Rock kind of sabotaged it. And I, and he's a good actor but it's like you can't right. just, he just threw he threw the whole film under the bus because he's like he, i don't want anything he, to do with this character, his ego character. Got the, yeah his ego got the worst mm-hmm. of him sadly in that one so um i don't think we're definitely not going to see um a black adam uh two and uh he probably won't be showing up in yeah. any future season well, he more or less was saying they shouldn't hire james gunn too he was trying to get rid of james gunn yeah, gunn. yeah so i'm sure james gunn was like i don't want any more to do with you so yeah. maybe just don't get along that's why he keeps putting the other wrestler in his films and dave batista yeah. um, oh i love dave Batista. he seems like just such a genuine dude and he's a he's dc guy and, and, he's, 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 and he's filipino, filipino too. <laughs> i played little league with him when i was a kid Hey, uh, Ali, I, got some, I got some heat with Paul because he actually thought you that Manny Pacquiao was from Puerto Rico and I had to say, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, that was my mistake. That was my bad. I don't know. I was tired. So he's like a Filipino legend. <laughs> yeah, he is Filipino. Yes. Yeah. But uh, speaking of James Gunn, guys, he's actually writing the Superman legacy script. And that's going to be um, dropping in 2025. Um, but um, he's right now putting together a cast list and audition material. And then he's going to do his uh, worldwide press tour for you know, Guardians 3. But he said that Superman is not going to feel like the Guardians movie. He says it's going to be very different. And um, it's going to be a younger iteration of Superman. And as you know, Henry Cavill uh, will sadly not be reprising his role as Superman. But um, I guess I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are upset about um, Henry Cavill no longer portraying Superman. But uh, if you're going to do a reboot, then I guess you have to have some yep. different different actors. Um, Kelly, were you upset that uh, Henry Cavill was leaving the role of Superman? I was just because I I have so many thoughts about how DC's been handled thus far mm-hmm. over the years. Oh, they kind of time like, to get in that. Over they did he left so- his role. Um and like was already like yeah. they should have let him know like like much sooner and like not had him like oh yeah we're gonna have you be Superman again and then he mm-hmm. left like his other role uh, that he had and like I, I, I they like think, really just like, screwed him over again I I think the thing that sabotaged him was the Rock because Rock was like he he got him in there and he said me and Henry Cavill could have our own universe and he just got lumped in with the Rock's thing and I think. They wanted to separate themselves from Rock, and I think that's what took Cavill out, unfortunately. Interesting. interesting. It's interesting you brought up The Rock there, Big Paul, because The Rock is wants to develop a live-action remake of Moana, where obviously he would play Moana. Yeah. Um, and um, this is going to be a, through his uh, production company, um, Seven Bucks Production. And he said that this is my story, my culture. Um, I mean, he's he's not... Hawaiian, but he's uh, no. Samoan. Samoan. Yeah, Samoan. Yeah, so uh, yeah. definitely the appropriate um, actor. I mean, he voiced yeah. him in the in the animated series. I guess uh, yeah. it, it would be a great. And I uh, heard 
heard um I'm blanking on her name, but the the girl who did the voice of Moana, um, I heard is gonna be playing Moana, I hope. Oh good. Um, she looks just like she looks like not only like was her like she played the voice, but she looks exactly like Moana. Oh, that's oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. She looks exactly go. like her and she's the right age and everything. Um yes. but yeah, but she looks like she looks like on. Moana. Yeah. Um, Dwayne will play Maui. He's the demigod of yeah. Wind and yeah. Sea. Sorry, I think I said Moana because Moana is yeah. the girl yeah. character. Yeah, I knew now Dwayne will look funny playing Moana. I know. I stand corrected on <laughs> that, that one. That would um, be interesting. And Street Fighter, apparently they're going to work on another um, live action Street Fighter movie. Um and um, Legendary Entertainment secured uh, an exclusive license to, to develop um, the upcoming feature film, but no announcements on ca- cast yet. So uh, um, I guess with the popular combat, it, it would be good to revisit Street it's, it's a shame they don't have Raul Julia anymore because he did such a great uh, M. Bison. And it's like, passed away uh, too soon, sadly. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, like, even though that movie sucked, he did such a great job on that role. <laughs> Yep, no doubt. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gore, uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovett, Shailene Woodley. Um, and they worked together on the Snowden movie, which I worked on, interesting yeah. enough. Oh. Rob, Rob Stark, Richard Madden are going to be in a love triangle thriller. Oh, wow. Sounds naughty. Oh. <laughs> it's called Killer <laughs> Heat. So it's based on a Norwegian crime writer's uh, short story, The Jealousy Man by Joe Nesbo. Mm. Um, brothers caught in a violent love triangle on a remote Greek island. Okay, so I guess Richard Madden and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are playing brothers. And you had me at remote. Yeah. <laughs> Is that would that be an island or um uh or a tryst that you would not mind being a part of with Richard Madden and uh, nowhere to Joseph go. Nowhere to go. <laughs> See, yeah, I wouldn't do that because I mean I'll be like, no, nah, not not for me. Not for you. Okay, but Kelly, I think is down. Kelly oh, yeah. is down. Yep. <laughs> Bring now, it on. I know you're married. So My you're ties and murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elvis star Austin Butler will star in an adaptation of City on Fire. So this is based on Don Winslow's novel um, using elements of the Iliad, the Odyssey, and other Greek dramas and putting them in a contemporary crime sandbox. Ooh, that's He's going to have to lose that uh, Elvis accent. He He's going to lose. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's now stuck with that Elvis accent, isn't he? He'll have a, a Greek accent for sure. Um, Kelly, I know you didn't uh, want to talk about the Mandalorian, so we will uh, no, save you, that. You, for guys, the... you guys can can. You, you you can. I mean, I have I have my own questions. You have your own I'm questions. Like, I'm I'm behind. Okay. okay. I still need to start season two. Okay, so you haven't started season two. I'm just I trying to try it yet. Oh, see, then I can't say anything because I don't want to spoil stuff for her. From season two. I can take my headphones out. <laughs> so, so Ali's the kind of uh, person that doesn't like to be spoiled. Well, it's a fast, quick question. So if somebody can give me a quick answer, then okay. we will signal for you to put them back in. Okay, so cool. let's start Sounds with Kelly's question. Let's go ahead and start with Kelly's question. Okay, go ahead. so my question is, um, I hope everybody's caught up to speed. But so at the end of season two, he, you know, Grogu goes off with Luke, right? So I right. have I'm that's the last I'm that's where I've stopped. So, I already know your answer. Well, uh, did you watch Boba Fett at all? That's the answer. No, you have to watch the book of Boba. That's what I, that's what I was gonna okay. ask. Okay, that's what I want to know because I was like, on online okay. I'm seeing so many different scenes where Luke mm-hmm. is now training Grogu, and I'm like, 
where so i figured it had to either be in that one or an obi-wan but i assumed it was boba fett so that and then he's back with okay i'm good honestly it's essentially um mandalorian 2.5 because i believe two or three episodes are dedicated to just the mandalorian character baby grogu and luke so oh in obi-wan you know no in the book of boba fett so i would that's all i needed perfect so let's give a thumbs up to Allie to you can rejoin us Allie. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so a little bit on episode five and we'll try to make it spoiler free, but, um, oh man, it was, it was good. I mean, in fact, they just did a panel, um, at the, the Paley Fest in Los Angeles. Um, Kelly, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out any, any of the Paley Fest, but it's a really cool, uh, Q and I, Q and I want to go to so many of them. Yeah. Uh, I just have never made it. And I used to live, I used to work right like a few blocks from here, so I could have walked them, but no, I have yet to go. You have yet to go. I have been. I've been to the Parks and Rec. I've been to um, Walking Dead. A few of my favorite shows that I, mm-hmm. I would go to, but they had one for, and you know, they didn't really talk too much news on that one. Um, but it was really just going back to seasons one and two and talking about the history of that and yeah. and how how they're very secretive and how you know, they have to keep the secrets, you know, because nobody knew about Luke Skywalker. And you, you saw season two, right, Allie? So you know about Luke Skywalker. No, she hasn't seen oh, yeah. season two yet. Well, no, it's at the end of season one where we saw Luke. Yeah. At the end, yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, did I did see that all that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the, the episode's called The Pirate. And as you know, um, Are we pirate... at season two? Two, are we at season three or season? So now two? we're season three. Just kind of talk. Oh, okay. About so yes, so I saw season. Two. I oh, okay. saw season two. You saw, saw season okay. two. You saw Luke Skywalker. It's the new okay. season that I haven't seen. That's okay. right. So, that's right. Sorry. Okay. It's season three. So you know what been good, Dad? That's what we were talking about. Should have contacted Johnny Depp and say, "Hey, do you want to be one of the pirates?" Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I like that tie-in. But yeah, it's called the pirate because, as you know, there's a bunch of alien assholes out there. That calls themselves pirates, and they act like pirates. You know, they're all about stealing. Well, and... they are pirates. Yeah, that's technically what they are, but they're all like really ugly aliens. And what? And the leader yeah. of that that group is like some kind of swamp thing character, isn't he? Paul looks like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apparently he was they a do... leftover swamp thing kind of costume. Yeah. So the swamp thing wants to uh, get revenge for some of his men get, getting gunned down by the Mandalorian. So they pretty much destroy Navarro. Which is um, the city of um, Carl Weathers' character, uh, and Carl Weathers is now the High Magistrate of Navarro, uh, which is uh, Dave pretty interesting. Navarro. It could have been Dave Navarro from James Addiction. Yes, that, <laughs> that would have been even better. <laughs> but you know, it, ended up really, it was a really heartwarming episode because you know, I mean, even though they were outnumbered, um, Mandalorians just just proved to show how they are forced to be reckoned with, and yeah. they pretty much can go in kick some alien ass <laughs> no uh just a really fantastic episode and now um because of that the high magistrate offered um um salvation uh, or home pretty much for uh the um mandalorians as you know past episodes they've had to deal with a lot of like ginormous beasts like yeah. giant <laughs> giant lizards and giant birds pterodactyls and Wherever they were hiding out, basically they should get the fuck out, you know, basically. So, <laughs> but um, and of course, Katie Sackoff did fantastic as Bo-Katan, and uh, got a little bit more of that storyline um, and how 
because uh, she comes from a lo- uh, royalty, Mandalorian royalty, yeah. they kind of said that she um, is allowed to take uh, off her helmet and still be a part of it, right? Did you understand why that yeah, was? Yeah, yeah, because I, I think in the animated show, wasn't her mom or relative of hers, doesn't she have her helmet off too that most of the time? Right. That's true, yeah. So and I think Craig Vazla did too. I'm not not the John Favreau character, but the character from the Clone Wars animated series. Oh, okay. Not not John Favreau's character of um, No, but Aspen. but I think his like ancestor to, that he was named after. I That's think, right. Because he used yeah. to be like the leader and he never had a helmet on either. So Right. So they're kind of giving a giving um giving her a pass basically that she'd be allowed. Yeah. Um Oh, the rules that. don't apply to her. Great. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> she puts makeup on the outside of her helmet yeah i mean you know i i, w- I really want to see um the armor um unmasked or unhelmeted because she's a lovely woman number one and number two she's a- interviewed here on below the belt show twice and i could tell that during the interview when we asked her about oh, how would you feel about you know she's like well you know i could tell she probably wouldn't mind yeah. Being unmasked on the Mandalorian. Well, they're probably uncomfortable, to be honest with you, too. I mean, those costumes, I'm sure, aren't pleasant to be in. They're not very comfortable, are they? Yeah. So. Speaking of the masks, I saw on Instagram, might have been this morning, uh, I guess in one of the scenes from this season, they have a bunch of young children. Oh, Yes, they're called foundlings. Yes, the young. So I guess the actors that they had, some of them are special needs children, and so they tailored the armor for some of them that like have sensory issues. So they showed this one picture of this one kid who has instead of the helmet going on this way, it kind of just wraps around his head and it has straps back here because I guess he's claustrophobic or something or she. Oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Because they said that we want to be, you know, we want to everybody yeah. be as comfortable as possible when they're on set here because we're in okay. a family and i was like that's awesome i love I that love it. Yeah. oh that's great yeah cool. i think one of the foundling was um one of the sons of jimmy kimmel um oh, I think I remember, uh, yeah. oh that's cool oh, that's cool yeah so um other cool stuff i don't know if he's special needs it's a good question he's gonna be wrong that this son's on there and all the rest of us i think jimmy kimmel's son is actually. okay he might be autistic okay. 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 I think go. I heard him talk something about that, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I hope I'm not misspeaking, but. Yeah, we'll have to verify that one. But uh, um, let's see. Um, Skeleton Crew is another new series on um, Disney Plus, a Star Wars uh, series, and um, the um, filmmaker from The Green Knight, David Lowry, is going to direct. Um, one of the directors, I guess they're gonna have several. Again, they, they dropped the ball on that one. That should have been a Pirates of the Caribbean thing when they're all the skeletons. I think that would have been a good show. <laughs> Remember how like they became all skeletons and stuff at the yeah the movie in the right yeah. I that that would have been something else. Culture. But mm-hmm. this is the one that's starring Jude Law, and this one's gonna be children focused. This is gonna be probably one for the kids because I think okay. the a lot of the protagonists are gonna be young children. Um so but nonetheless, I mean, you know, Star Wars, you know, they they have their adult series with Andor. Yeah. Um, I think the Mandalorian kind of appeals more to all audiences, and I think the Skeleton yep. Crew is going to be more more okay. geared towards the children. So, um, but also in Disney Plus, I'm really looking forward to um, Samuel Jackson's return as Nick Fury in Secret Invasion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we saw, now we have some information on who 
um, Amelia Clark, Daenerys Targaryen, will be playing. Um, and uh, she will actually be a Skrull that was seen in the Captain Marvel movie. I know. As soon as I saw the trailer for Secret Invasion, I was like, I got to go back and watch Captain Marvel again. Right. Because she had a scene as a young young scroll and um that took place in the 90s right so the timeline yeah. kind of works out you know mm-hmm. now yeah. she's awesome. she's all grown uh-huh. up yeah and um and then the main antagonist will be kingsley benadir who's a scroll named gravik uh who has formed his own group apart from talos and uh believes the best way for scrolls to survive is using their shape-shifting powers to infiltrate earth's government so uh yeah so we're gonna have might some have good, happened in real life it's gonna be a scroll war <laughs> some good scrolls some bad scrolls you know um yeah and uh it looks really exciting of course we love that bad motherfucker samuel l jackson so <laughs> Nick Fury, ass. one last time it should be Supposedly, really i don't know multiverse multiverse we never <laughs> know right we never yeah. know i wonder how much they had to pay him because i mean he's not like just a low you know what i mean like the Andor actor doesn't make as much as Samuel L. Jackson. He's like a top A-list guy, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of A-list, well, actually, if they do that, would they be? Would he be able to do Mace Windu too? Because I mean, I know he's a big uh, Star Wars fan. Are they gonna give him I Mace really Windu? Hope, I You know what? It's the, the right time to bring Mace back. I think. Um, I think Mandalorian is in that timeline where he. I think he's aged appropriately. You know yeah. because. They're using the same Mon Mothma from uh, from the prequels. Yeah. So I think it could work. Um, they might have to age them a little bit more. I'm not sure. But, yeah, uh, I think it would be great to see. Because it is canon. Mace Windu is alive. Yeah. Yeah, they did confirm that. So speaking of A-listers, Chris Hemsworth um, is in the Extraction 2 film. And Netflix just dropped That's the trailer good. for that. Looks pretty pretty awesome. It looks like uh, he's playing with fire um, as Black Ops mercenary Tyler Rake. Um, but um, yeah, expect all the death-defying stunts and all the uh, everything you love from the first Extraction film, which um, apparently everyone thought he was dead. His character was dead, but uh, uh, did but, they you know, really? The way they ended it. The way they ended it, right? Yeah, it kind of yeah. left kind of left some ambiguity on that one right well i mean no they show him alive at the end you don't remember i thought he was dead at the end so at the very 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 end of the first film you know the kid that he was protecting right right so he's all beat up falls over the bridge and you think he drowns and that's it right so at the very end of the film the kid's at like a local pool or something like that and you see him like from his point of view He's seeing the kid. He's checking in on the kid. So you're like, he's alive! And then credits. Oh, Go back okay, and watch cool. it. He's alive. Maybe I... It was very fast. Now, now I got to rewatch. And he might have, like, <laughs> I don't remember if he came out of the water, because, like, it's a little fuzzy. Okay. Like, his his vision of the kid. But you're like, oh, he's alive. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, I was multitasking during that film. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um netflix uh the number one film right now is the murder mystery 2 mm. um that's yeah that's uh yeah adam sandler and uh jennifer aniston they they've become quite the pair on that on that uh on those netflix movies yeah well, they're best and friends then, in real life so it makes sense 
Yeah, and I was going to say, aren't they? They're really close in real life. Yeah, yeah. So they have great, great chemistry for the rom com. And I like the night- other one. It was fun. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tuned into the first one I yet. I haven't watched either. Oh, it's, yeah. fu- it's yeah. fun. I mean, it's like fun, stupid humor, right? I mean, fun, and those two humor. work really, really well together. So nice. it's a cool, you know, action-adventure comedy. You know, it's not, you know, like I said, it's not an it's Oscar not gonna performance. Win. It's not going to win just, any Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> you just go in knowing that you're going to have a enjoyable time, some laughs. Yeah. Watch them muck a muck, uh, you know, in Europe. And yeah. call it a day. It's great. Have a glass of Chardonnay. Wait, no, no one drinks Chardonnay anymore when we talk about, sorry, Cabernet. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the Night Agent is a number one, um, the number one um, TV show on Netflix right now. And I'm not familiar with that particular show. Um, I am. Oh, you are? I haven't watched it, but I know enough about the show, and they've already renewed it for season two. What do you know about the Night Agent? So what it's based on is an agent that just sits in a room and waits for a phone call. To be able to, they're part of like the Secret Service, FBI, CIA kind of a thing. And he's an operative that is, you know, has saved a bunch of lives. You know, he's decorated and stuff. And so they assign him to be this night agent. And so he's sitting in his office and, you know, week after week, month after month, he's just doing like paperwork, you know, whatever, like desk job. And then he gets a call. And then he has the, you know, jump into action and he has to protect this woman with her with his life. And she's got all these secrets and stuff. So that's... Ooh. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sounds very spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to check oh, that yeah. out. Um, let's see. Also on Netflix, the main cast for the limited series called The Perfect Couple uh, was just announced. Nicole Kidman, Leah Schreiber, Eve Hewson, who is Bono's daughter, uh, Dakota Fanning. Wow, this is a heck of a cast. Um, oh, yeah. So it's a six-episode um limited series and it's about amelia Sachs, who's about to marry into one of the wealthiest families in nantucket and of course there's a disapproving mother-in-law um and um who is played by nicole kidman so um leave it to the in-laws they're always uh yeah causing some causing some drama you know meddling yeah meddling in-laws right <laughs> And we'll drop some HBO stuff, and we'll take a classic cut break. Um, this is really interesting uh, news. HBO Max has confirmed a Harry Potter series. They're going to reboot oh, I don't the know. franchise. Reboot? Yes, and it's going to yeah, be well, a Why series. don't they just do a sequel or a prequel or something like that? You don't need to reboot it. That's well, I think because the sequels, the, the Fantastic Beasts, weren't as big as, as a success. So what they're going to do, instead of a movie, each season will expand on each book. So they they want to do. I was going to say. They're going to do seven. I, I still don't like that idea, but I mean. Ali, I know you. Actually, why don't they just come up with? They've got they they could come up with something new. I mean, the same you you know what I mean in the same universe. It's just the Fantastic yeah, Beasts here. Just the films are perfect, you know. I, I I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I you know, obviously, you know, the Harry Potter series is a cash cow. Uh, you know, if they, if they produce one, but you're right. I mean, I mean, could... like, look how crappy Rings of Power is. At least, so they're bringing new movies out, but at least they're going to be new movies uh, from the. Right. I don't know if Peter Jackson's there or not, but right. I mean, but Rings of Power sucked when you started like messing with the, the yeah. rebooting stuff. Nobody likes that. Allie, what I do you think mixed, of this news? I have mixed feelings. Like, I am a huge, huge Harry Potter fan. I just ugh, J.K. Rowling has just turned into such a. <laughs> you want to say bitch, don't you? Yeah, he's turned into. Oh, he came bitch. 
we're on the <laughs> we're yeah. on the front. So it well, makes me like so I have like mixed feelings because I'm like, Ugh. right, guys, right. Either way, she's going to be capitalizing on, on yeah, another uh, iteration yeah. of Harry Potter mm-hmm. for sure. And I just um, wish it was a different author. Something else. I mean, think about it. You can have wizards and witches and other things. You don't need to do Harry yeah. Potter. There you go. There are but some you, other great series don't, of witches and wizards. I don't mind doing <laughs> expanding because now that with the success of house of the dragon they're now talking about another um series a prequel about aegon targaryen's conquest of westeros and it's an and it's very very early stages so it will tell the story of how aegon and his sister wives visenya and rainus use their army and their three dragons to conquer six of the seven kingdoms so um, this sounds very similar to House of the Dragon already. I know. It kind of is. It's like, <laughs> hey, one's good. Let's make the same show over and over. Slightly change the names. Just very, very slightly. Uh, like, they, uh, we, have a, we have five Law and Orders right now. We have three CSIs. We have two <laughs> yeah. FBIs. It's like they're just kind of. No. People don't have ideas said, anymore. The Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. I believe that's still in pre-production. I still I believe oh, so that's going to be good. good. Okay. Great. They're still going to do that. And, uh, but see, I don't mind that because he's an established character and it shows where he goes. I mean, that's it not It shows bad, where but... he goes. I love it. I love it. And there's no source material for that, is there? I don't think there is. Uh, oh, well, I didn't read the book, so I remember. Okay. So I mean, is, there, like, is he involved at all in any of the shows at all or anymore, or is he just completely Well, he, he is slated to be in the Jon Snow series. Um. But it's supposed to be about what happened to him at the end of Game of Thrones. No, I know, but right. I mean, I'm talking about the writer of the books. I mean, is he like involved in writing or lore or whatever? Did he? Has he even finished the series yet? I don't even think he's finished the series. I don't yet. think More he's books. finished. Everybody it. wants him to finish the damn book first <laughs> before he's involved in anything else. Plus, he's getting up there in age, so I'm, I'm not saying. Hopefully, it, he's able because. You know. My God, how long has it been since? While his brain is is functioning, you should yeah try to finish that book up. But uh, <laughs> brain still functioning. Yeah. Kit Harrington uh, will recur in season three of the HBO series Industry. I haven't seen Industry yet. It's another finance drama in the vein of Succession and Billions, I guess. And uh, okay. and it's about a green tech energy company that's about to go public. And it's interesting. It's, He's jumping you know what, on I hate to say, three. is that show like real woke? Because that sounds like something that's going to be super woke. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. Here we go, Big It's guns a blazing. I know you're watching uh, the indictment with uh, a <laughs> with open eyes and ears, weren't you? Uh, I watched an interview on the way here. I mean, I know. Either. We'll get into that a little bit. But later. you know. I hate to say it, if Trump doesn't win, he should have a late night show because he is a comedian. You have to admit he is funny sometimes. I mean, no. he's kind of vulgar, but I mean, he, I, he, disagree. He funny stuff. I can see Ali Dash cringing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're not a political show. Paul, we'll talk about this when, uh, in the okay. second half a little bit. Uh, and one more HBO thing. Uh, Barbie Fur, I just uh Finally talked about um, why she wanted to leave the show, and which I found as a shock. But apparently, she just didn't want to be the the fat friend. She literally said she didn't want to be the fat friend, and um, she thought the direction of her character was sidelined. And um, she even, um, you know, apparently it was rumored that she walked off set. But um, yeah, which, char- which show? Which character? Uh, Euphoria. She plays. Um, oh. 
Yeah, she she talked about it on the on a recent podcast, and uh, she was Cat Hernandez. And of course, there were rumors that again that um, she had um, beef with Sam Levinson, the creator. But really, she just didn't like the direction of her character, basically, and uh, just being, um, as she said, the fat friend on the show. And again, they confirmed that it was a mutual decision because her storyline pretty much just was had just nowhere to go. Over. Yeah, just had nowhere to go. So that's that's basically the reason for that. And um, they just dropped a, a, a full trailer for the White House Plumbers. Paul, you worked on that show, the shot in D.C., right? Yeah. You did? Okay, yeah. So look out for it. Um, of course, it's uh, about... It took forever uh, to come out, though. I mean, didn't it? Yeah, it's finally going to debut May 1st. And uh, it's about the Watergate scandal um, yeah. with Nixon's political saboteurs, E. Howard Hunt, played by Woody Harrelson, and G. Gordon Liddy, played by Justin Thoreau. So there you go. So um, I think this is a good time to play a classic cut. And um, do we still have to say goodbye to Allie and Kelly? Allie, we have to say goodbye to Allie as well. Okay. Yeah. I've Sorry, got a couple yeah. voiceover spots that I need to record. There's okay. things happening off camera right now. <laughs> <I was> okay. like, <laughs> and Darth Paul, not too much. I had to take a phone call. I mean, Darth Paul, the world's um, falling around, so I got to go. Yeah. We're going to try to get through WrestleMania rather quickly. So, um, Anything going to happen with NASA or no? Yeah, we just uh, na- or, um, named the uh, our crew for Artemis 2 yesterday. So well, that's really cool. Yeah. So Can't wait to check that out. Do you work with NASA? I'm a solar system ambassador, so I do public outreach for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Know. How so, cool, yeah, right? Yeah, my yeah. son's like super into, I'm currently homeschooling, and we're like, our unit right now is all about like uh, NASA and the solar system. That's awesome. Oh, nice. Well, reach out. Let me know if I can help in any way. All right. And That'd Kelly awesome. and Allie, before we let you go, any other last minute plugs? I've Kelly. been doing so- <laughs> Mostly just voiceover. Voiceover, okay. Yeah, and I was talking about it earlier when we started. You know, I just shot that film in in February and uh, getting ready to, fingers crossed, I probably shouldn't talk about it, uh, hoping to do something NASA-related for YouTube. But I can't say anything. So. Kelly, that'd be awesome. That's exciting. We'll yeah, see awesome. very, 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 very early show stages. So. Starring Kelly Christopher. Hello. On we'll NASA. See. Okay. Fingers okay. Crossed. Well, please keep us posted. I will. And um, yes, hope, hopefully um, both of you can uh, talk about those great projects um, on future episodes of BTV. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Sounds so good. for the um, classic cut, I decided to play a song. From the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 soundtrack, and I was looking at ah, played we've played that artist before, this artist, that artist. And I thought this was a fun, you know, song. Um, decided to play Space Hog in the meantime. And if you oh. don't if you don't know the, the 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 band's name or this the song title doesn't ring a bell, as soon as you hear it, you will know this freaking song. It's well, that isn't film. he like the brother of Rob Zombie? Is he the brother? I don't know. Is I'm he? pretty sure he's the brother of okay. Rob Zombie. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. But so I'm pretty sure it's Space, Space Hog goes yeah. Rob so, Zombie's brother. So after the classic cut, our first South by Southwest interview for tonight, actor Kevin Yee from the pilot, The Guide to Not Completely Dying Alone. Um, so that was one of the highlighted pilots at the okay. South by Southwest cool. Festival. 
and he's known for his role on Dickinson on Apple TV. So, uh, so that's coming up on BTB. Uh, so in the meantime, here is the classic cut, and we'll be right back with Big Paul and yours truly. Gotcha. Guys, we are here with Triple Threat, actor, writer, <laughs> comedian, Kevin Yee, here at the South by Southwest. We're here at the convention center in the press lounge, but we're still on red carpet, nonetheless, so it's pretty pretty cool, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, high uh, end. Kevin, you have an amazing, amazing short film that's meant to be episodic. Yes. Called A Guide to Not Dying Completely Alone. Yes. I watched it. Wow. Fantastic. Emotional. I laughed. I cried. Uh, it was it was great. Uh, tell us about uh, how your film got selected for South by Southwest Independent. Sure. Well, it's been a long process, but it's an episodic, and mm-hmm. I wrote this pilot about six years ago, and it's been all over Hollywood. I feel like everyone's read it, but it wasn't selling. And so I decided about a year ago that I was going to make it myself, because I think we have to be innovative in that way to make our stories heard. And so I did it. I did a crowdfunding, and then I self-funded a lot of it and made it, and then entered in South by Southwest and they like so gratefully like I'm so grateful that South by Southwest had us and we're part of the TV independent pilot competition so every project in our block and they only chose seven of us only seven seven out of probably thousands of submissions um, only seven of us got in so it's pretty special to be here at South by Southwest with this project because it's been a long process yeah so you foresee this project going multiple seasons episodic yeah when I wrote it a initially like I imagined it to be kind of a long-running series but right now it is just the pilot because that's all I can afford <laughs> no of course of course and wow the production call is fantastic thank you um, everything is just spot-on that I could see on, on one of our favorite streaming platforms you know pick, mm-hmm. pick one right yeah yeah uh, if you had a choice is there an ideal uh, streaming uh, platform you'd love to see it on Right now, I I mostly watch Hulu, so I'm like a Hulu person, okay. and then it like goes, you know, the whole Disney brand under that. Mm-hmm. But um, Netflix is cool too, yeah. Great, and tell our viewing audience a little synopsis of the project, if you could. Sure. Um, so it's about a gay Asian writer who um, has uh, goes to a gay bar on his 40th birthday, and then he passes out. Uh, he has mm-hmm. a panic attack, and he wakes up in the hospital. And when he wakes up, he realizes how alone he is in life, mm-hmm. and that he's very disconnected to society, and that he wants to change his life. Mm-hmm. So the story then becomes about him trying to change his life, and while he's doing this, he re- he writes a self-help book called A Guide to Not Dying Completely Alone, which is like a bitchy eat, pray, love. It's like a bitchier <laughs> version of that. And so, and so that's what it is. It's following that. It's roasting the self-help industry a little bit because I I personally went through that and I read a lot of those books and I felt like it didn't actually help and it like made me more depressed actually sometimes because I wasn't achieving what the book said I would achieve um so uh so there's that and there's comedy and it's it's about aging and getting older and like mortality and all of all of the things I think that we all think about in our world that's we all certainly think about it now um certainly uh, it's safe to say it's autobiographical 
Uh, partially. Yeah. <laughs> partially. But I would say that he's a, a bitchier version than me, if that's <laughs> possible. Um, <laughs> so it's like he's definitely a more extreme version of me, but it's based off of, yeah, myself and my own story. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I watched it uh, today to get all caught up, and uh, it, it left me wanting more. I, I want to know because we have um, a character uh, portrayed by your uh, your father character, yes. uh, uh, who did a fantastic job as well. And uh, yeah, there's a fantastic. really interesting dynamic as well that uh, I'd like to know more about. So yeah, I would love to tell more, and that's yeah. another representational thing that we never see is like older mm-hmm. Asian men in the in the forefront of a story. And I would yeah. like, I personally would like to see that. So my show is queer Asian centered and kind of an older Asian man as well. So, Wow. So how's your South by Southwest experience been so far? It's been chaotic. This yeah. is the most chaotic us. festival. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just so many elements to it. And I feel like, you know, most film festivals I go to with my other projects, they've all been like very film based. And here it's yeah. everything. There's like a tech element mm-hmm. and the people music that I hate, music element, yeah. the people that I meet, I find aren't actually filmmakers at all those are the ones that I've been connecting with here so yeah we've um, seen a lot of shows ourselves so yeah yeah so so it's fun it's fun but I'm like I'm day eight here and I'm like uh, it's long I'm (laughs) sleep deprived I'm tired yeah so Uh, so post the festival where can audiences learn more about uh, your film A Guide to Not Dying Completely Alone uh, you can follow my story on Instagram, of course, at KevinYee.com. Twitter as well is the same. Um, I'm not sure. I think okay. like we're waiting to see what this brings. If it brings a we, it's me. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm by myself. But <laughs> but if it brings something and like somebody buys it, I would love that help. But at this point, like I may release it online, but I'm not looking to make it self-finance it anymore yeah. because I have no more money. So okay. this is kind of what it is now. Hopefully, I'll be able to release it online so people can see it but you can see clips of it on my Instagram and Twitter fantastic of course you are part of a great series on Apple TV Dickinson yes what has been the highlight of uh, working on that show for three seasons the highlight I know this is kind of superficial but I loved wearing a wig I just loved wearing a wig because like (laughs) as we age we you know you get a little patchy here and there and I was like I can play this because I was playing a teenager and I I'm so 40. Yeah. I'm 40. <laughs> this year I turned 40. Asians and don't raisin, Asians, as Ken Jung says, right? Yeah, Asians don't raisin. Just put a wig on me. I can play a teenager for the rest of my life. And that was my dream. But then, unfortunately, it's only three seasons. And then it, like, yeah, we've, we've ended our Dickinson journey. But I, I liked that idea that I could play a teenager forever. Would you have wanted Dickinson to continue, or do you think that it ended at the right moment? I think they completed the story. But yeah. I did have fun, and it was nice to see everyone once a year to film a season. But, yeah, I, think, right. I think we completed, completed the story for sure. This is incredible. Kevin Yee, guys. Shout out to Rachel from uh, PR Machine, Rachel Hassini. Yes. Yes, we're setting this one up, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your festival. You as well. And best of luck with your film, your episodic film, A Guide to Not Die Completely Alone. And if you could, before we let you go, mm-hmm. throw out a promo. Let us know who you are. Yes. Throw out your film. Yes. South by Southwest, catchphrase, and you're on Click on This. Okay. My name is Kevin Yee. I'm here at South by Southwest with my TV pilot episodic, A Guide to Not Dying Completely Alone. And this is Click on This. Click on it. Nice.
And one more for Below the Belt Show, the podcast. Below the Belt Show, the podcast. Hi, my name is Kevin Yee. I'm here at South by Southwest with my independent pilot, A Guide to Not Dying Alone. And you are listening to the podcast, Below the Belt. Was that right? Yeah, that was perfect. I I can't remember what you said. Perfect. Yeah, that was the classic cut. Space Hog, in the meantime. And that was that right. battle. Um, did you have a good time? I, 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 I didn't get to hear it from you. Yeah, you didn't. You weren't on our show when I first got back from Austin, but yeah. Austin, such a cool city. It was my first South by Southwest experience. That's cool. Not only did we talk to some great filmmakers, like the director of Aristotle Atharis, okay. uh, Molly Max in the Future, also got to talk to some artists as well. Um, I click on this co host, John Alonzo. Got to talk to um, a band called Teenage Jones and Tribe Friday. I got to talk to UK singer-songwriter, pop sensation, Natalie Shea. That's cool. So got a nice little mix of both, both uh, filmmakers, actors, and um, artists. Oh, man. So and that sounds like a great time. And it sounds like it would be right up your alley because I know, Paul, you, not only are you an actor, you're an accomplished uh, singer and musician as well. So uh, I mean, I might put something out this year. I haven't decided yet, and I might. We hope you return, man, because I, I want I want to rock some karaoke with you. Hopefully, next time you can do it. See, I don't do karaoke though. I mean, I do my original stuff. I mean, it's okay. like I'll, I'll try it, but I mean, it's I just have to be feeling it. You know what I mean? Okay. Completely, completely fair. So let's talk about a little bit going on in television. Uh, sorry, let's talk more television stuff, which I don't actually have that much um, uh, to go, Big Paul. But uh, on Paramount Plus. Um, now Yellowstone, they actually also had a panel at Paley Fest, and uh, Paramount- a lot of the directors and uh, crew on the show I was on, so yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, so apparently there was some um, some people upset because uh, it was originally supposed to feature Kevin Costner and, and Taylor Sheridan, um, but the the lineup had com- uh, completely changed um, oh. with um, now. Um, being uh, Moses Briggs Plenty, Don Oliveri, Josh Lucas, and Wendy Moniz. Um So a lot of the reasons was the, was the the um, ambiguity of whether um, Kevin Costner will return because you know there was um, some rumors you know about uh, Kevin Costner whether he return. And apparently um, Keith Cox, the president of uh, of development and production at Paramount, said, "What I can say is our star, the face of our show, and the executive producer." Um, we are very confident that Kevin Costner is going to continue with our show. So there well, you go. Cool. So I guess they worked it out. They worked it out. Hopefully, yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm sure with his, like, I mean, he's such a big actor. He doesn't have to do anything right now. So right. I, I, I think that he must really like doing it to stay on the show like that. So exactly, yeah. And then um, Paramount Plus just dropped a, tra- a trailer for Fatal Attraction. Remember that movie from 1987? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a little late. They should have done it back when the movie was out. That would have been a good TV show. But but just, no, well, the thing is, it's not going to be a sequel. This is going to be a complete reboot. And it's going to be Joshua Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan. It's going to be based right, on okay. the film of the same name. And it well, I mean, up. I mean, just that her character was just so deceived and deceptive. I mean, that would have yeah. been a good team to follow her around if it like sprung off from the movie. But now it's, as I said, it's like people don't, don't even know what it was. I'm curious to see how it will translate as a series, you know, because mm-hmm. it picks up after Dan Gallagher, played by Josh Jackson, is convicted of second degree murder, yeah. 
and he stands before court and then he's but I, I do think it would have been better like um if it was a smaller i mean is it going to be a full season or is it going to be like a small episode it's it's uh, it's gonna be eight episodes yeah, yeah. i guess i guess that could work i mean and, if, if it was like a long drawn out 12 to 20 episode thing i think it definitely no but i think the thing about paramount a lot of these streaming platforms they tend to keep their episode count low mm-hmm. and i think they should you know it yeah. gives it gives chance for the shows to have quality you know and there's no yeah, need to have a show with so many episodes unless you're on network tv and you have to pay your sponsors yeah. that's the, that's the reason why and uh yeah, i mean on like shows like walking dead they just kind of got just kind of like the, the yeah. um uh, what they call it, uh lord of rings thing where a lot of us pillars i'm just walking around it's like you really don't need need all that yeah i know right can you believe robert de niro is going to be doing a show on paramount plus it's called uh bobby meritorious so it's from the writer billy ray from the comey rule and see i, I couldn't believe that because i mean his career hasn't been the same it's a, just seems like he's taken a lot of b-rolls and he's not the actor he once was i mean wow I, I mean, I mean, dude, just look at his career. I mean, Granny. Well, look at the Irishman. Like prestige. Yeah, but Irishman that was more was prestige. Like yeah, but that was like a prestige thing, kind of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I mean, you had like. That's fair. So, like, I mean, his body gave him a role in that one, but as I said, it's just. Yeah, wow. I mean, he he's also in the uh, Netflix six episode thriller uh, Zero Day. Mm-hmm. So basically, this show will be. Um, uh, set in the U.S. Attorney's Office of Southern District of New York, um, where Avery Accomando, which is De Niro's character, is an informant in the office's biggest case, is, and is poised to tear the story. And his case against Donald Trump. And the case against <laughs> Donald Trump, and it's funny you mentioned that. They actually, in the cold open of Saturday Night Live, James Austin Johnson returned to his Trump role. I tell you, he does such a great job with that. Have you seen his impression of Trump? It's spot on, dude. Yeah, it's a lot better than Baldwin. It's spot better, a lot better than Baldwin, yeah. And, um, you know, he talked, uh, yeah, talked about uh, being indicted, and uh, and he spells it indicated. <laughs> and he said, time to come, come clean, admit that I broke the law, and quietly go to prison. April Fool's, that was a prank. I was doing a gym from the office. So, <laughs> so yeah. How do you feel about your president, big Paul? <laughs> get, um, get in there. Actually, I mean, it's even like CNN says, it's just a political witch hunt. And it's like, they just need to, I mean, it's just that the problem is if we don't slow things down, we are going to, I hate to say it. I think we're leading to a possible civil war. It's like, it's just, there's too much differences and it's too much rhetoric. I mean, I try to get along with everybody of any, but but it seems like there's people who just once Hillary lost, it seems like people's minds just broke. Yeah, you know what I mean. I hear you. I mean, there that. was a day of mourning after she lost. I remember being on set and people were crying, crying, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a Hillary fan. I'm not a fan of Hillary, so I I, I wasn't crying, but uh, but I'm, I'm I, just saying it's just as I said. I think just the divisions just. They need to like tone it down some and just let things play out. I mean, hey, if you don't if you don't want him to win the presidency, don't vote for him. But I think honestly, right now you're helping him because I think a lot of people are seeing what's out there, what people are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm almost yeah. I, I'm pretty much at wrestling there, any Paul. So I think we can rock this out. Um, but really quick, one gossip thing is that Gwyneth Paltrow won her case of a man who accused her of causing permanent damage in a 2016 ski accident. Apparently the jury 
found that um, that Sanderson was at fault, not Gwyneth of the damage. Well, what about so, um, is she still doing cases for that goop thing she was doing? What weren't people suing her over that too, or no? I, I'm not familiar with that one. You have to get me up to so speed. She sells that like. As she sells this product, like she has this, uh, like I guess it's a holistic, like health thing, and and apparently her some of her products cause some like a bad reactions and stuff. I don't know oh, what the deal wow. is, but I've I've heard some I've heard some stories. I don't know. I, I've heard there was possible losses. I don't know. Maybe, as I said, I'm just going by stuff I kind of heard. So okay. I mean, I can't say it's 100 percent certain. Did but, you Did you know about the ski accident that Gwyneth? Um, I knew about the ski accident. Yeah. 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 So she only sued for one dollar and court costs. The funny reasons. thing is I heard OJ Simpson was like live tweeting from the courtroom. <laughs> it was I, mean, I guess he has nothing better to do. If the juice was I, I, it's funny because he 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 voiced in on that lawyer who was accused of murder. Yeah. And he would talk about, well, this is what I would do if I was <laughs> 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 Oh my god. But thirty million people uh, across YouTube watched um Gwyneth Paltrow's ski trial. So oh, really? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't but, get a chance to see it, so but yeah, I think we can knock this out, Big Paul. Um, going on to WWE, let's talk about first the big news that WWE uh, apparently is now part of the Endeavor Group. Uh, Endeavor had purchased UFC, yeah, and now will be a sports juggernaut with both UFC and WWE. And uh, it was revealed that Vince McMahon will be creative. Sorry, Vince McMahon will be executive chairman of the board. And Paul, Levesque, I, I think I think he's I think he's doing more than that right now. I mean, yeah, you think more? Yeah, okay. I, I think he's uh, doing creative right now. Too, oh God, yeah. I mean, because we'll if you if you saw Monday night, you're like, yeah, that was all I, over the place. Yeah, but Triple H will stay as chief content officer, so that's mm-hmm. that's the big creative position. Um, and it will no longer be a family-run business. So basically, this marks the end of an era for TV's dominant pro wrestling franchise. As far as a family-owned business, it's now a corporate business, and Endeavor will hold 51% of controlling interest in the new company. And Ari Emanuel, who is roughly uh, based on the Ari from Entourage on HBO, yeah. he he will serve the CEO of the the company. Um, and uh, it's weird. I'm, I'm glad it's not the Saudis. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he, they would have taken so much backlash if that happened. Yeah. Oh my God, so much backlash. And you know what? This well, is chance... a, here's something too with the Saudis. I mean, they're trying to undermine their currency. A lot of people don't realize that, and we need to do something. We need to like, yeah. like, eh, that's not a good idea. I mean, because they're trying to trade in uh, the currency of China right now, them and the currency of Brazil. So it's like that's going to undermine their dollar. Their dollars are going to be worth less money. Wow, a lot of people don't realize that. So, so like everybody, no matter what you have in the bank, you're gonna have twenty-five to fifty percent less overnight if that if we're not the um, petrodollar anymore. A lot of people don't. Well, that's going on a little bit of tangent, but so let's get back to the yeah. The, I know, but I just, hard uh, I just had to mention that for the Saudi <laughs> again. So, so yeah, if they are in WWE, they would be kind of taking your money on two different ways. That bl- blood money for sure, and of course yeah. the uh, the women's division will will probably. They'll probably yeah, do. they all have to wear like in, uh, what barkas or is that what they or burkas? I think they yeah, call burkas. Yeah, it would be a bit very bad, bad. Um, uh, of course, they make millions and millions of dollars going overseas, and that's fine. They actually have some yeah. great matches as part of the Saudis pay per views, but yeah. 
But you know what? I, I'm I'm looking forward to some UFC WWE crossovers. I mean, we already saw you know Ronda Rousey come over. Let's see Conor McGregor. You know, so this this merger of WWE. Actually, I don't know about Conor because he's a little nuts. He might get into it and actually start hitting people. So yeah, but you know, it'll be interesting because now it's it's, it's going to be under the umbrella of Endeavor as one company. So as they're saying, mm-hmm. they're combining UFC and WWE in one company, and uh, basically it will turbocharge. Then, then they actually run one of the other wrestling organizations. I thought maybe they owned uh, um, what was TNA? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, do they own TNA as well? Mm-hmm. I think they do, but maybe I'm okay. wrong on that one. I knew they were in off to buy it. I don't know if they bought it or not. Yeah, but anyways, um, it's interesting because that all happened. Like the Monday after um, WrestleMania, but let's yep. talk about WrestleMania weekend, right? It was a big, big weekend yep, for WWE, was wasn't it? With with the, with the sale to Endeavor, and let's talk about WrestleMania weekend, starting with Friday night uh, on SmackDown. We have a new um, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, and uh, it was Bobby Lashley. Sally Bobby Lashley was taken out of the yeah. WrestleMania card. He was supposed to have a match with uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt had what, not disclosed health issue. Do, do you think that's actually, or do you think he's out? I, I kind of he had an undisclosed that. health issue, and I think it is legit. I don't. I mean, the rumor was he like they, he walked out, but I don't. But I mean, that might make sense because him and Vince didn't get along, and if Vince is back, it's like maybe that's that's the thing we don't. I mean, know. that's just that, that's a speculation. As I said, that is I, speculation. I we don't know, but at least Bobby had his WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Um, and he was part of the final four was, uh, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, yeah. Bronson Reed and LA Knight. And, uh, LA Knight seems to be pretty over, but he did not win that match. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I think it's good to not have him ever fully yet. I think just give him a little bit more time because people are still starting to get, get into him. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then let's go to the hall of fame ceremony that took place on Friday. Baltimore's own Stacy Keebler was yeah. inducted by Mick Foley and I, I know her. Wilson. Yep, both of us know Stacy. I know Stacy personally. Yeah. I've hung out with her in Baltimore. Actually, I ran into her in New York City, which is so cool, and she was really happy to see me. Um, and we, uh, oh my God, I can't see this on the air, but we, uh, we had fun with our friends. Let's just say we we, uh, we partied. We partied hard at this New York nightclub <laughs> called One Oak, which stands for one of a kind. Okay. One of the New York's hot okay. Very cool. Yeah, space, I just don't congratulations. To Stacy Keebler, uh, now in the Hall of Fame. She's got legs forever, and she knows how to use yeah. them. And Andy Kaufman, very interesting. Uh, Andy never stepped foot in WWE, but uh, you know he was kind of uh, instrumental in getting wrestling to the mainstream by wrestling. Well, uh, technically, uh, didn't uh, WWE buy Jerry Lawler's promotion? So technically, I guess. Oh, is that technically then it was WWE? I said technically, yeah. I guess it is. On his, yeah. he did wrestle for WWE. Okay. In that way. So, yeah, the very memorable appearance on uh, David Letterman, right? With um, Jerry Lawler yep. and yep. Um, Andy Kaufman. And um, that got a lot of heat, you know? When Jim, uh, I should have had Jim Carrey and induct him. Jim Carrey said he was channeling him and he, his ghost was inside of him. So that was, that was the movie based on him, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, of course, Jim, um, Jimmy Hart had to induct um, Andy. At the ceremony because Jerry yeah, Lawler yeah. could not. He's still going through some outfit shoes. He had to do that from home. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Ric Flair inducted the great Muda. Said that he was the greatest Japanese wrestler that he ever stepped in the ring with. 
he could be one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. I mean, he's phenomenal. He was around forever. Although he didn't get like when he, I don't remember when he, what was it, WCW? They tried to bring him in, they, they just didn't do well with him. They didn't know what. Yeah, to do and I, you know, I really wish that WWE gave him a shot. Um, yeah. back in the day, he he would have made an impact. But it's interesting that they're really recognizing his work as a yep. whole. Um, Ron Simmons and JBL inducted referee Tim White and his brothers uh, accepted the award on on oh, that's cool. Tim's behalf. Tim uh, sadly passed away last year, but his yep. bar, the Friendly Tap, was featured in many WWE uh, uh, programs over the years. So uh, Tim, they say, was one of the the greatest referees in WWE history. And then the headliner of the Hall of Fame, Rey Mysterio, Conan did the. Uh, induction for Rey Mysterio. I'm surprised they allowed him to do because wasn't he like really vocal against WWE? He was, you're right. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that they did pick uh, Conan, and Conan's never had a career in, in WWE. Yeah. Talked about Rey's uh, size was hard to sell to wrestling promoter. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the era of like the big Jack guys. Well, like I remember, like I mean, his first action figure was actually an accessory for Kevin Nash. Oh, <laughs> there you go, right? So Kevin Nash had like a little Ray Mysterio as accessory. Exactly. That's how, that's how that's what they thought of him early on, yeah. and then he kind of proved himself. But Ray really broke the mold, Paul. I mean, what he's yeah. five five five, one hundred sixty yep. pounds, and 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 won the world title in WWE and had an amazing career. And of course, yeah, well, I mean, Dominic- like I mean, his style, like he's like all those cruiserweights deserve a career because of him because he just developed that style and exactly pushed that style of wrestling. Absolutely. And of course, Dominic and um, Rhea Ripley had to stay in character. They walked off. And yeah. I think that was a good call. So they, they, they definitely watched them back, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, they had to keep the character for the sake of uh, WrestleMania. So let's get into WrestleMania. Woo-hoo-hoo! All right. Yeah, I kind of wonder, do you think if Eddie Guerrero was alive, do you think Eddie Guerrero would have teamed like been with Dominic because remember how he was like kind of trying to I think so yeah yeah no they would they would have been a great I think he's you know he's emulating the the mullet you know and everything I think he's bringing in the inner Eddie Guerrero no doubt but uh ready to go on to Wrestlemania night one buddy let's do it wow so the opening match you know I really thought Cena was gonna win the U.S. championship and hold it for a week you know that was my prediction but no awesome theory goes over and a very so wasn't Cena gonna stay around for a little bit more than a week, or was it just gonna that's, be a week? That's what I thought. I thought Cena was gonna win, maybe you know bring the title on you know Jay Leno. I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jay Leno, Jimmy Fallon, or <laughs> or uh, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, and you know, you know, typically what the Rock yeah. was doing when he won the belt, you know, and then he had you know lost. I kind of thought the Rock should have been at the WrestleMania to be honest, or you being where it was. I mean, but being in LA, it it wasn't there, but John Cena. Definitely, you know, it was good yeah. to have his presence and felt at WrestleMania. That was a really good opening match. It wasn't very long. Yeah. But, and it's uh, kind of like passing the torch to Austin Theory, too, because Austin exactly. Theory is a good wrestler. It's like, and he just really, I don't know, he just kind of got pushed aside during the year. Absolutely. And then we have the uh, Fatal 4-Way tag match with Braun Strowman, Ricochet, the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. That and the a Street- weird combination. Well, Strowman and Ricochet? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a David and Goliath. Um, but yeah, I mean, it gives them a spot on Mania, but, you know, I was happy to it's see. It's like Street- Big Show and Rey Mysterio or something, you know what I mean? Right. Like- yeah, but, you know, it's kind of the bronze and the speed, you know. It's, yeah. it's 
it's kind of it, it works. I think it works for now, but they they didn't win, Paul. The Street Profits uh, were victorious in that one. That was actually a really, really good match. It turned out a little better yeah. than I thought, more entertaining than I thought, and some really good spots by the Alpha Academy as well. I'm actually surprised they didn't break the Street Profits up because that was the rumor, and they never did that, and, and they still to yeah. do a good turn. Yeah. I mean, so. I guess you don't have many tag teams, so I guess you had to kind of keep them. Yeah, yeah, and of course the the street profits I think um, are going to get uh, a big push to the uh, yep. the tag titles. Um, all right, um, Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. You know what? I predicted Logan Paul would win, but no, no, they put Seth Rollins yeah. over. Dude, this is one of the top. But you know what? I have to admit, for a guy who's never wrestled, Logan Paul does a good job. He's been wrestling for a year, so you have to count his debut at WrestleMania last year, and I think he's been training. I know, but still, I'm just saying, like, for what he does, for what, like... Still technically a rookie. Still technically a rookie, but, uh, um, yeah, it was... um, And then, of course, there was a a mascot that was uh, KSI. Do you know who KSI is? Not really. I'm not really familiar who that was, but he was uh, interfered in the match. He was in that mascot suit, and... Of yeah. course, that didn't help uh, Logan Paul's case, and he took a couple bumps too. But uh, Seth Rollins victorious over Logan Paul, and then you have the six women tag match: Becky Lynch, Lita, the the tag team champions, and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. No surprise there. Um, Lita, Lynch, and Stratus uh, win that one. Um, is Stratus going to stay around a little bit afterwards, or do you think she's... Stratus, I'm not sure. Lita obviously will stay for the duration of her tag title. Um, I'm yeah. wondering if Lita is considered a member of the main roster now, but... I think Lita... she is. I mean, because I, I think she signed for, what, a year? Yeah, but I do love some Stratus faction, man. She was one Are they going to put her back in with the Edge somehow, or are they going to try to do that again, or do you think that was they just too much? They could go that route, but I think with Beth Phoenix, I don't think it would be appropriate, because, <laughs> you know, yeah. they had that live sex... Yeah, you're right. It'd be crazy if that happens. All right, this one I'm really surprised. Uh, Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. My prediction was Dominic was gonna, you know, uh, Ray's gonna pass a t- uh, the torch to his son because he already won the Hall of Fame. But no, no. Um, Ray Mysterio. I think they're gonna have a, 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 another match sometime. Yeah, they're gonna have another match. Ray's not retiring yet, even though he's induct- usually they, they induct the Hall of Famers and they end up yeah. retiring. But not the case with um, Rey Mysterio. As you know, backlash is happening, but we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit. Um, so, yeah, Rey victorious over his son, Dominic Mysterio, in a very good match. So, And then in probably my second favorite match on the card is Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. It's, it's Rhea, Rhea Ripley, like, the new, like, China. She kind of seems like she's somebody who could actually wrestle <laughs> She's a tall with woman. I actually met her. She's a tall woman. Um, well, did you see her, like, she was posing, making muscles, and she's pretty ripped, too. And, you know, she looked up to um, Beth Phoenix, I think. So and then Beth was known for the... For the, uh, for the bodybuilding, yeah. For the bodybuilding, yeah. The beauty, but the bodybuilder, you know, look. Um... But I'm, I'm a fan of Rhea Ripley. You know, I thought Charlotte would retain because I really honestly thought the Raw Women's Championship would, would change hands. Yeah. But no, we have a new women's champion uh, in Rhea Ripley, and Rhea is now a Grand Slam champion. Oh, man. I didn't realize. That's quick. She won the SmackDown Women's uh, Championship, the Tag Championship. I didn't realize she won all those. And the NXT Championship, yeah. So there you go. Phenomenal match. Did you think that was one of the better matches in the card, Paul? I think so, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. And then we had an impromptu match, Pat McAfee versus The Miz, um, which Pat <laughs> McAfee puts, puts on a good show. I have to admit that. Dude, this should have been this match should have been built. It should have been promoted um, because I, I would have loved to have seen a full match, not something like gimmicky, you know, because Pat is no. a great worker. And so is the Miz. The well, the Miz, Miz had another match too. So yeah, we'll maybe. get into that one. <laughs> okay. And then the main event. Can you believe the tag titles main evented night one of WrestleMania? The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, uh, the champions versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. There is 100% no chance in hell that the Usos will retain. And my prediction was correct. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win the undisputed tag team championship <laughs> and. There were so many near falls, Paul, and so many. Yeah. Well, and I, I think they deserve it because, I mean, like, really, those two just kind of are underrated. They've been underrated for a while, especially Sami Zayn. Yeah. And Sami was kind of like the butt of the joke last year in his match yeah. with um, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. And now to be taken as a more serious competitor um, and teaming up with his best friend, his real life best friend, uh, Kevin Owens, and uh, phenomenal match. And. Again, surprised that it was the main event of night one, but yeah. uh, I, I really thought it might have been Charlotte and Rhea or maybe even Austin yeah, and yeah, Cena. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but it, they went for the tag titles. There was a lot of storyline built to this match, and it made for a very, very proper main event. So so there you go. Well, when's the next time they're going to Saudi Arabia, though? Because that, that could be an issue because they don't like. Oh, but the tag, the tag titles won't be defended then. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. for sure. All right, so now we go to night two, Big Paul. All right, so night two, um, you know, it was uh, a lot of people I thought like night one was much. better. I thought night two's main event was was phenomenal, but yeah. the undercard, eh, you know, was yeah. so so. All right, let's talk about the card. So um, in the uh, opening match, we saw Brock Lesnar defeat Omos, and um, no surprise there. See, I see that was a sloppy match, though. I mean, what did what did you think about? It? I mean, it's like, yeah, it was I mean, sloppy. Omos was... is big, but he just really can't wrestle. I mean, he's got that whole did... giant Gonzalez thing going on for yeah. him. You know, like I can't remember the the last guy that was almost the size that that worked. Kali. No, I'm talking about someone that actually can work a good match. Oh, okay. Kali couldn't do it. John Andre, Gonzalez I guess, did when he was younger. I mean, I mean, I guess Braun Strowman's probably the best of the big guys, I'd say, you know. But he's, you know, they're kind of, he's kind of around the same size as Brock Lesnar. They're both big dudes. What about Big Show? Big Show had a couple good matches. Big Show, yes. There you go. That's your answer. Big Show was probably the best of the big guys. But, you know, no surprise. I knew that the F5 would happen. I knew that Lesnar was going to go over. Well, he struggled with it, too. I mean, I mean, it, it was a struggle to get, to get the F5 for sure. And then we had the um, the fatal four way with the women's tag. And this was not a good match. Man. Yeah, it, it was really sloppy. Some missed spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but my prediction was correct um, that uh, Ronda Rousey and um, Shayna Baszler would win. It kind of seemed like they found it in, though. It seems like they didn't really try that hard. They just kind of were just there. It's like, well, you have to remember, man. Ronda was. I mean, I know they're not used to headlining, but still. She's used to headlining. That's a thing. Can you believe Ronda Rousey is in a lower mid card match? It's like, doesn't make. I'm just like, I don't know. Ronda could have challenged one of the, you know, it could have been Charlotte Fair versus Ronda. That would have been a good match. It could have been. Ronda Rousey versus versus Bianca Belair, but no, she's in a tag match. 
And they're victorious over Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, and for whatever reason they're in this tag match, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Yeah, see, that just makes no sense. It just, yeah, it just, it did not work. And I, and I think they still, they're still dropping a ball by not having Cord- Cardona in there because it's like he's actually made a name for himself. And I think Zach Ryder. Yeah. Let's hope. Hopefully, Zach will make a return because he was, definitely was a fan favorite for sure. I mean, I think he was probably there because his wife's there. So I was like, I'm it sure he was It would make total sense. All right, the intercontinental. If Vince is running stuff, Vince might not, not like him because I mean, he kind of made a name for him. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know for sure he's running things, but uh, the Intercontinental title match. Um, wow. Ooh, a lot of stiff shots in this one, right? Gunther retains the title against. That was a brutal match. That was yeah. one of the better matches in the. Even though I didn't think it would be that good, that turned out to be one of the better matches. It went of, of night two, right? Night two, yeah. Yes, and of course that's against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I was rooting for Sheamus, man. Yeah. Sheamus. He he's one he, of those guys who's he does his job and he's good. He's kind of like a William Regal. He's kind he of can like really wrestle and he just gets no credit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Regal's style is actually very similar to Gunther's style, that, that European yeah. style. But Sheamus, I mean, he he's not won the Intercontinental Championship yet. No, oh, he's he hasn't won, probably won it before. He's he oh, has yes, and that's the only thing preventing him from being a Grand Slam champion. Oh, so hopefully, Sheamus will get his Intercontinental title um, down the road. But no, yeah, Gunther retains. Um, and uh, he actually powerbombed uh, Drew McIntyre for the win. He's getting a huge push, now, isn't he? Gunther's getting an amazing push. Yeah. yeah, I think now that after he was victorious, I think they're gonna they, they're gonna want I think they want him to to um, surpass the Honky Tonk Man as the. Long- gonna, or do you think they're gonna try to push him against Roman? Because now, like, I'm not gonna bring that. Him. Dude, that would be a contender. But I think they're going to. Because I mean, I'm thinking because now because now you have Cody kind of at the Roman thing, so he has his own match coming up. So. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get to that. Um, so uh, in the Raw Women's Championship match, um, I thought Oscar was going to win. Um, that was my prediction. No, uh, Bianca Belair <laughs> retains the Raw Women's Championship. See, I, I don't know. I didn't agree with that at all because Oscar has hasn't won anything yet, and she. This she's character won, is supposed to be like unbeatable, so it's like it she's won been the women's championship before. But well, yeah. I mean, as the evil character, this evil character was supposed to be like unbeatable, and now you just right. kind of completely threw that down the toilet. So it was a fantastic match, um, but you know, I had still thought the Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair match was the stronger of the two. Yeah, it was. Imagine, yeah. And then we get another impromptu match, Paul. Uh, Snoop Dogg versus The Miz, which is crazy. Yeah. Now, first of all, the Miz introduces Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon goes in the ring and does a leapfrog and apparently tears his quad or his knee or something. Yeah. It was so a I legit- think Shane was supposed to take him out and it just kind of didn't work it, out that it, way. It was probably going to be like Shane versus the Miz. And I think Snoop was supposed to be involved too. Yeah. But I'm curious what was supposed to really happen had Shane been healthy. I'm actually surprised Snoop is there because the way they treated his niece. Oh, you're talking about Sasha Banks. Yeah, because yeah. you would think he wouldn't want anything to do with it. Because well, uh, we don't know the story about that with Sasha Banks and Naomi yet, and hopefully we'll get the real story of what what the heck happened, you know? Because yeah. everything is just speculation. But but still, on the other side, you figure if your relative leaves on bad terms, you wouldn't want to do anything. Yeah. With them. But nonetheless, were you surprised to see Snoop get physical in the ring and drop the people's elbow? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. 
Yeah, that I don't was, think he was expecting that. I, I honestly don't think he was supposed to do that either. I but. think it would no, I think it was. It was just a matter of when. You know, it's like Shane was supposed to fight. Um the Miz. And then Steve would have came and finished it. And then and then they would have had him finish it. But I'm the thing I'm not sure about if a Snoop was supposed to make uh do the pinfall, you know. The crazy thing is like I mean, Shane, all the stuff he's been through and something like little like that and he gets hurt. I can't believe it. Yeah, he gets injured right there and I felt bad for him, man. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, speaking of getting injured, um, let's talk about the Hell in a Cell match. Finn Balor versus Edge, and we saw the demon. Oh, that was brutal. Mm-hmm. brutal match, dude. Lots of real stiff shots with ladders and chairs yeah. and stuff. And then we saw that Finn Balor had to receive stitches to to. Uh, well, he, uh, he's used to that because they have all those matches like that in Japan, and he that's where he became a legend. So that's where he became a legend, yeah. But because yeah. of that, um, yeah, I think. Um, Balor will be off off television for a while. Maybe to sell sell the match, but yeah, he has. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't know if he'll be off television. I think he'll come in. I just, he might not wrestle. He might stitches? just come. Did you see the stitches they had to put? Yeah, in yeah, head? they look bad. But I mean, as I said, it I, was I, I just it was gnarly. Um, this, I still think he'll be back. I think he'll be back like just with his group, and then yeah, just kind of. But Paul, I was really surprised that Edge went over because I thought I thought he was going to pass the torch again, yeah. uh, and. I believe Edge and Beth, didn't they win their tag match, the recent tag match that they had? Yeah. So that's where I was going with it. I was like, Balor's got to go over. But no, Edge goes over in that Hell in a Cell match. Very brutal. Um, very good I match. I mean, maybe maybe they're continuing on the backlash. I mean, and then have... They might. They might continue on the backlash. All right. The main event, the undisputed championship, Roman Reigns. Defense against Cody Rhodes. That was disappointing. I, I think they made a mistake. They made a mistake. I, my prediction was Cody Rhodes, but they let's let's face it, man. They had an incredible match. Incredible match. Lots of near falls. Of course, I hate it when like the bloodline. Well, and also, fall. wasn't like Roman Reigns supposed to take some time off too? So now, now you're gonna have nobody with a champion. That's the thing. Who who's gonna be the credible a challenger now? Um, but I now that. Someone brought it up to me, and I believe it was Wes that was on a show last week. I believe they do want Roman Reigns to surpass Pedro Morales, which will be happening by yeah. SummerSlam. I don't think it's going to be Hogan, though. I think they're going to take it off him before then. Because, I mean, I think, if I remember correctly, I think Roman Reigns has a movie coming up, but maybe I'm wrong. And if okay. that happens, they're going to take him off TV. So, unless you just have him retain and just be off TV. And not defend the title. Yeah, that's one way to go. But. They should have taken at least one belt off, and they should have just had it for one instead That's of undisputed. WrestleMania will be in Philadelphia. Now my prediction is that Roman will hold the title until Philadelphia, and probably if he does face The Rock, could could retain and then possibly because I believe he has to go past WrestleMania next year. Yeah, I, to, I don't think they're going to give it to surpass him. Hogan because Hogan held the title for four years. So actually, I think they might even just kind of maybe. I'm thinking like Cody might get on SummerSlam just because, I mean, SummerSlam, I think, was created by his dad, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm wrong on that okay. one. Because I think well, SummerSlam was, wasn't that one of the WCW pay-per-views that WWE took over? Or am I thinking of a different one? I don't know. I think you might I think be SummerSlam was. One, yeah. I thought SummerSlam was one of the WCW ones that his dad came up with. So maybe. I think that's the case of, maybe Bash at the Beach, maybe. But I SummerSlam, Bash, SummerSlam they had was, a Great American Bash, too, but I, I could swear. Well, the Great, great American. That's it. I think it was the Great American Bash, Paul. I believe SummerSlam has always been a WWE pay-per-view. I don't think it ever was WCW. But um, this goes to what happened on Raw. So they always tout the Raw after WrestleMania to be 
the reset button and and a lot of crazy yeah. stuff that happens and the most passionate fans of course because they go you know with the wrestlemania you know the weekend before yeah. But uh, now Cody Rhodes apparently cannot get a rematch for the Undisputed Championship as um, we saw in the opening segment that um, both Roman Reigns and the wise man, Paul Heyman, refused to give Cody Rhodes a rematch. And Cody Rhodes still wanted to fight um, in a tag match. They agreed to a tag match, but they did a stipulation, whoever you choose will not will also not be able to have a title shot uh, and and it ended up being yeah. brock lesnar now brock lesnar already yeah. has a stipulation that he can't challenge roman reigns anymore but then we get to the end of uh raw where that main event took place yeah, and that, that was a brutal match it was not it was not a match it was well, it, it wasn't was, even a match it was a squash i guess it was a squash um for whatever reason Lesnar turned on Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns and Sola Sokoa. They go back to the locker room and we just see Cody get destroyed. Although, by Brock is, is that something they're going to do now in Raw? Because, I mean, he actually flipped people off. So it's like, so I wonder if they're going to have the PG era for Raw and kind of making that I, I don't know. Do you, for, first of all, do you know why? What, what Where do they think with the storyline for Brock attacking Cody? What do you think uh, it is? I don't know unless they're saying unless they're saying he can't get the match because he lost with Cody. I, that's anything I could think of. Wow. I don't maybe, know. Maybe 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 they were like forgetting about the one before that stipulation before. Oh, because he already had a stipulation. Yeah. It's so crazy. maybe they were acting like that one never took place, and then this stipulation is like I now know. he can't. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. But yeah. Um, but then again, then, Raw was so over all over the place. I think Vince might have taken back over. And they, they heard I heard they were like changing stuff left and right. And, you know, that that does sound like a Vince McMahon swerve, doesn't it? Yeah. Having Brock uh, uh, turn on on Cody. Yeah, and, but, uh, yeah, I, I could see. So, I mean, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Vince was interfering a little bit in some stuff. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's, you know, it, it came out of nowhere. I mean, it was a surprise, but I mean, it's like, yeah, people kind of were getting it was into a shock. it. Good. It was Definitely the biggest shock of of of, uh, of the night. I mean, um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens they they defended their tag titles the next night against uh, yeah. Street Profits. So that was that was cool, even though they did retain. Yeah. And then we saw um, the return of Matt Riddle. So uh, I think yeah. he had to go to rehab. I think that's why yeah, they he had, set up. Yeah, he had some issues. I think. Yeah. So they they now of course with UFC. <laughs> no, no. Does he still have that? Uh, that what do you call it thing? Does he still have? Or did they, the Me Too thing, was, is that still yeah, going on? he was on accused or? of inappropriate conduct or sexual misconduct, right? Um, I yeah, don't think that... that I, don't know if, I don't know if he was... Maybe he got away. Maybe he got It didn't go of, any further. Know. Yeah, it didn't go any further than that. So, um, and then let's talk about Bad Bunny. So, as you know, the next uh, Premier Live event is Backlash in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Bad Bunny... Yeah, he's, yeah, I guess, an upcoming match. I'm guessing teaming up with Rey Mysterio to take on... Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. I think that's where they're going with yeah, it. Cool. That's my prediction for the tag title. For so for for the tag team uh, main yeah. event. I mean, they say Possibly. Bad Bunny has actually been training, so maybe he's ready to wrestle. Well, full we time. saw Bad Bunny wrestle, and he did a fantastic job, didn't he? Yeah. He wrestled yeah. the Miz. Um, was it last year or the year before? I believe it was two years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I think he's done some off appearances too, hasn't he? Besides that, I thought he did a couple. Of here and their appearances as well. Yeah, that it's not. I think he was in the Royal Rumble, you know, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that was, you know, they're kind of hyping up that one. And uh, 
Yeah. Bad Bunny versus Snoop Dogg. Bad Bunny versus Snoop Dogg. So, and of course, yes, the um, the um, heel turn of Brock Lesnar made for a very, very um, shocking ending for uh, the Raw after Mania. So that is it for a WrestleMania weekend. And um, of course, we have to talk about some sad rest in pieces before we wrap the show. Um, Bushwhacker Butch Robert Miller. Um, he's a uh, one of the. I met him as a kid. He was a really nice guy too. I mean, he, he wasn't like a, a character. Yeah. Yeah, and of course they had two different personas. The WWE Bushwhackers are very, very different. Oh yeah, the, when they were the sheep herders, they were brutal. The they sheep like, herders, yes, they were. They were yeah. a very different type of tag team. And, yeah, they, they and, were kind of like comic relief, I think, with WWE, weren't they? Exactly. Although they were inducted to the Hall of Fame back in 2015. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, he was hospitalized following a medical episode during a WrestleMania, um, during, during WrestleMania weekend, you know, uh, he wasn't at, yeah, WrestleMania. I think I saw an interview with Luke and he said he, they were both there. So like he, he spent time with him. So he was at, they were actually at WrestleMania weekend, probably for some yeah. like, uh, yeah. Oh, maybe like an autograph signing or something like that. So, oh God. Yeah. Because they do the, um, those, uh, wrestling conventions with all yeah. those Yeah. Holy smokes, that that's crazy. Yeah, the sheep herders that that was. It's like I heard what's his name's in trouble now too, Rick Steiner, because he not because he was picking on like one of the trans wrestlers or something. What? I haven't heard that. Yeah, I heard that. Like I heard Rick Steiner was not Scott Steiner, which is weird. I can see Scott Steiner, but Scott Steiner Steiner doing it. So Rick Steiner apparently was bullying one of the trans wrestlers. Yeah. Which one was it? The um. Uh, Nyla Fox or whatever. Uh, no, no, Nyla that, Rose. That was, another, that was another one. Okay, that was, it was one. another one. Mm-hmm. I did not know about that. We also lost actress Judy Farrell, known for her role as Nurse Abel in Mash. Um, mm-hmm. So rest in peace. Um, we lost Sharon Acker, Canadian film, television, theater actor, best known for her roles in Point Blank, The New Perry Mason, um, and Howell Wayans. He's the father of all the Wayans brothers. Um, was he comedian too, or was he just kind of just? You know what? I don't believe he was in the entertainment industry. I, th- I believe no, that's kind of weird because you would think with all that fan, all that comedians in the family, you would think the dad would would have been a comedian. Maybe he was just a funny guy. Yeah, I, I'm sure he was funny though, but I'm not sure. I could be wrong. He could have very well been in the entertainment industry. I just didn't know. And I forgot to announce last week, but um, it really breaks my heart when when there's uh, school shootings, and this was a Christian school yeah. in Nashville, and. I just want to uh, share my my thoughts, condolences for for the six victims, three staff members, and three young nine year old kids. Yeah, it's awesome. so heartbreaking, man. I just well, well, the thing is, I think that, I think that's a big major issue too. People need to uh, start handling mental illness as a thing. It's not like it's I don't know. I mean, it just seems like they're kind of like, hey, nobody's mentally ill, everybody's fine, but that's not the case. I think there are people with men- mental illness and they have to get treatment. And they and they have. To take a mental health evaluation in order to, to obtain a gun, but who knows if the gun was obtained well, illegally? That's the problem. Like most of the guns are legal, so like the places with the biggest shooting, the most shootings are Chicago, New York, and actually New Jersey has areas that are bad, and mm-hmm. they're they have the strictest gun laws. So it's like all the guns are illegal. So it's like yeah. legal gun ownership has nothing to do with it. Yep, and it's Audrey Hale. She was a trans. Yeah trans woman um mm-hmm. and she was 28 years old uh, from nashville and apparently 
Um, yeah, it's just, just yeah, really the really disgusting like, thing is like some people on the left are actually like glorifying it, saying, Hey, uh, that's that's good and it's not good. I mean, what the kids. fuck are they talking about, dude? Yeah, and that's 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 what the thing on Twitter, I haven't heard about anything. anyone, I yeah. haven't heard anybody say that. Yeah, they, you, they, you're gonna hear about that. They were gonna have a day of vengeance because they killed her in uh DC, they, they called it off because people were complaining think about it yeah i think that's fucking horrible man it is it is awful but i mean when when children are killed uh you know the the three adults you know staff members are killed it's just no one should Mm -hmm. go to a school thinking that they fear for their life and that just fucking breaks my heart man and i think that i think maybe maybe they should have like i know a lot of people on the left say hey we don't want any guns in schools but i do think honestly you should have at least one teacher or an officer in a school just in case something I, happens. I agree about having an officer or a security guard um mm-hmm. at at every every elementary school so mm-hmm. it seems like they're targeting the young schools yeah um where the, the the young kids so yeah because if it's older kids they could defend themselves easier i mean uh, it's so horrible man it just breaks my heart so uh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's wrap up the show because uh we know uh big paul's got an early yeah. day and with death we celebrate life kelly kuoko first time a mom working welcome to her first mm-hmm. child with tom mm-hmm. Congratulations. Uh, from Ozark, yeah. So um, they have a daughter, Matilda Carmine. Oh, I thought she was, wasn't she with the guy who was actually on uh, Big Bang Theory? I thought they were dating. They were dating, but they never got married and had kids. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't realize. Yeah. All right. Happy birthday to Craig T. Nelson. Remember uh, Coach, Coach himself? Yeah, 79. Actually, uh, he, was all, was he, he was also famous for Poltergeist, too, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, I believe so. Uh, happy birthday, Constance Schulman from Orange is the New Black is 65. Actor Hugo Weaving from Lord of the Rings and Matrix is 63. Comedian actor David Cross from Arrested Development is 59. Yeah. Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Happy birthday, RDJ. How old is he? I was kind of curious. 58. That's hard to believe, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> And it's interesting because this actress, Nancy McKeon, she was on that show Facts of Life, is actually younger than Robert Downey Jr. She's 57. Really? Yeah, she's 57. Yeah. <laughs> I would never guess that. Oh, my God. Crazy. Uh, James Roday from Psych is 47. Natasha Leone from Poker Face, Orange and New Black, Russian Dolls, 44. It's good that she got her life on her wrap. Yes. She had, she had major issues before. She, didn't had, she? Like, she had some uh, demons, right? But then again, Robert Downey Jr. had a lot of demons too. So so did Robert Downey Jr. Thank God he changed his life because now he is fucking Iron Man. Well, was (laughs) was Iron Man? Um, Hey, is there a DC equivalent he could play? Bring bring Robert Downey Jr. to the DCU. Why not? Right? Yep. Let's see. Eric Andre, actor comedian, uh, is forty. Amanda Rigetti from The Mentalist is forty. And Britney Spears' sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, is 32. Wow. Isn't she the one who, like, uh, lip-synced her? Is that, I, no, I'm thinking of the, what's her name. The other one. <laughs> Probably so. They both lip-sync, Paul. They're, they're Spears sisters. Okay. And Daniela Bobadilla uh, from The Middle in Anger Management. She played Charlie Sheen's daughter in Anger Management. She's okay. 30. So happy birthday to those we mentioned. And um, we'd like to thank, of course, our panel with Kelly Christopher, actress and NASA ambassador, our, our favorite, the adorable one, Allie Dash, voice, voice actress extraordinaire, and of course the Sith Lord. I am a Sith Lord. Darth Paul Wallace. I'm Al Celebrity Soto. We're closing tonight's show. 
with three interviews from the Under My Skin documentary film at South by Southwest. I talked to actress Gina Torres, who hosted the event. Um, she does not suffer from um, the the skin illness, um, uh, not psoriasis, uh, eczema. She does not suffer from eczema, but she has a family member that does, and she oh, hosted okay. the event, and it was about three subjects, one That's of cool. which, Alexis, is from Harford County, Maryland. So shout out to oh, Alexis. And we talked to the director as well, um, and that is uh, going to close out tonight's show. So on behalf a big Darth Paul Wallace. You can't teach that, the yeah. Sith Lord. I'm Al Celebrity Soto. We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. <laughs> We're here with the amazing actress, Gina Torres, here at the Thompson Hotel, South by Southwest. You're the host tonight for this Under My Skin documentary. <laughs> yes. And um, eczema is something that's uh, somewhat near and dear to your heart, correct? Well, near and dear <laughs> <laughs> to my heart. Is as that, as you know people affected by it. Yes, I absolutely do know people that are affected yeah. by it. My daughter was diagnosed at a very young age with it. Yeah. Um, I have dear friends who I, who I love um, who have suffered with it been dealing with it you know most of their lives mm-hmm. um and so yeah it's it's something that that hit a very personal and familiar chord with me when i when i heard about this doc and so i'm, I'm very happy to be able to to spotlight these three people who are the stars yes. of it and, and show their journeys and you'll be seeing it with us for the first time uh no i've seen it oh, before seen it for, okay what can we I expect don't mind seeing it again what can we expect <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to see um a film that is so beautifully crafted in mm-hmm. that you start off right with with these underdogs, mm-hmm. but then it, it's spoiler alert. It's really quite triumphant. It's yes. it's it's beautiful. It's it's inspiring. It's empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there is help available. The thing with skin conditions is is that they can be so devastating because it's the first thing a person sees of you, yes. and so there are so many cases that that could lead a person into depression into um seclusion because of that and they feel alone like they're the only people that are that are dealing with this and so what's wonderful about under my skin is that you it gives these people hope it lets you know that there's a community out there that is supportive and positive and waiting for you um, and that there's help available there are treatments that are available that will ease the pain and and give you um a better quality of life wow that's fantastic yeah i find it very interesting with 911 lone star even though it takes place in texas yeah i know it shoots I know in los angeles going right? With this. Right? yes <laughs> so you're not in the austin area as often as one would think yeah no i'm not actually and certainly for not nearly long enough i hope to change that Yes, more, yes. more, more um, maybe um, B-camera roll over yeah, here in know, Austin. Exter- you got to do some exterior shots of the Capitol, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That would be beautiful. That would be amazing. I know so many people who say Austin is their favorite city, and, right. and I'm just, I haven't discovered it for myself. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to anything uh, South by Southwest while you're here? I, I'm on a plane tomorrow. So again, ah. <laughs> I'm thwarted by life. Okay, very yes. good. Now, of these fandoms, Matrix, Transformers, 
Firefly Serenity, which one would you love to revisit again? <laughs> I, because of people like you, mm-hmm. I feel like I get to revisit them all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They've never, ever quite leave my heart. Okay. Uh, um, and the good news is, is that I'm still very close with my Firefly family, my yes. Firefly Serenity family. Yes. We have a cast thread that, mm-hmm. that is ever, you know, ongoing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're still very much right here. So I would say Serenity Firefly, would you would re- revisit the most? Sure, I revisit them all the time. Okay. <laughs> well, we want... You may not, but I do. <laughs> well, we would love to see another iteration of it, I so let, let's go see that, you know? <laughs> we'll see. You know, never say never. All right. Gina Torres, everyone. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're here at the Thompson Hotel with director Tom Mason of Under My Skin, um, congratulations on having uh, your film uh, being featured here at South by Southwest. Thank you. It's exciting. I've never been, so this is a first for me. Super exciting. Great. So tell us how you uh, assembled your team and uh, decided to do a documentary on eczema. So this, the team was me and my co-director, Sarah Klein. Um, Abvi approached us because they were interested in telling stories about eczema. Eczema doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, which is a real issue because people don't know how severe the disease is and the people who have the disease don't necessarily know that other people are going through the same thing. So they felt that it was really important to start telling stories publicly about what it's like to live with eczema. Yes, and let's talk about how you assembled the subjects to be featured in the documentary. So Abby worked with us to find people whose stories um, would really resonate with an audience. Uh, We went through a lot of different potential subjects to find people who had stories that were powerful and were capable of sharing them themselves in their own words. All of the, there's no voiceover, there's no other people commenting on stories. These subjects tell these stories in their own words uh, so we strive for authenticity and emotional power in these. So that's, that's how we chose Alexis, Robin, Lenise. Oh, fantastic. Uh, is this your first South by Southwest experience? It is, yes. Wow, okay, yeah, great. it's super exciting. And I've it, been to a lot of festivals, but yeah. this one has always been on my list. Oh, fantastic. In addition to uh, your film, obviously, are you looking forward to anything else at South by? Gosh, um, I went to a couple parties, but really it's just experiencing the town. It's yeah. such a fun town. Um, the vibe is amazing. There's people out to all hours, so I'm just enjoying soaking it all in. Of course, you got to, and of course, uh, we're looking forward to checking out Under My Skin, and uh, congratulations, and look forward, as well as the message that you have about your film. I think it's very important as well. Thanks so much, and just to say, it is right now on YouTube, uh, Under My Skin, Untold Stories of Life with Eczema, and it's premiering on the Roku channel on April 1st. Well, there you go. There you go. Check it out. Under My Skin on YouTube. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Al Soto here with Alexis Smith, one of the uh, subjects for Under My Skin. Alexis, uh, tell us about how you were approached to be featured in this uh, great documentary film. Actually, they approached me to, because I have an eczema Instagram, and they approached me to, you know, be a part of the promotion for it, and then I got another email saying, hey, we're actually casting for it. Would you want to be considered? So I was like, of course I do, and um, they ended up picking me. So that is that is how I got chosen. <laughs> now, have you ever done anything in front of the camera prior to this uh, documentary? I have, yes. I've done um, a couple of campaigns and such for other brands and stuff, eczema-related, a lot of skincare stuff, but this is definitely the first that's kind of really showing what my my true experience is living with eczema. 
Yes, but looking how lovely you look tonight, I wouldn't have, you know, I, I would have guessed that uh, the, the eczema is, is in your past uh, currently? Um, not completely. Okay. I do feel a little bit of imposter syndrome when my skin's clear at eczema events, but mm-hmm. um, it has, it's been, I don't want to jinx it, it's been okay recently, but it's different every day. Okay, okay. And what can we expect out of this documentary? You can expect to find out a lot about the day-to-day life of dealing with eczema, which is something you don't really see. I mean, you see, you know, the symptoms, the medical jargon, and all of that, but this you really get to see the true kind of experience living with it every day. All right, well, we can't wait to see this film, and uh, appreciate you talking with us here with Click on This. Of course, thank you so much. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.